Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. The fucking sun sucks. I don't know what you people see in the sun. I don't know how you people do the sun. It's, it's just the dirt worst. I want nothing to do with it. I'd be content never going out in the sun again. And Rich Crage. This is the dumbest show. I cannot believe it. Pay, some people pay us $10 to listen to the show live. This is what we give them we, for 45 we, minutes. Been doing this for 10 years. Why? Bigger than ever. More people listen to us than ever. Than ever. Why? And we are live here on the Flagship Podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? Took you a while to get the show going there. Was everything all right over no, there? It was you were all right. It was to yourself. Right. You were no, muttering. I, was, you were... I, I had something ready to go. I had like a bit that I wanted to do, and then I couldn't find the thing for the bit. And I found the thing for the bit, but uh, I had it ready, and then I didn't have it ready, but we're good. So thanks for blowing up my spot, though. Great. Love it. Well, you, we, what do you got? A surprise game for me or something? <laughs> Not a surprise game. No. Um, what I was going to do this though, is, you know, this is like, this is like, <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. Now I'm not going. Yeah, I know because this is like uh, <laughs> <I'm> done. <laughs> this is like planning a surprise party, but the person sees everyone's cars yeah, outside forget the it. house. Forget it. Talk about money in the bank. Yeah. Somebody's moving out. Moving out of Legion Stadium. Come, just go. Just go. Just go. And, and then I come in the house and I'm like, oh, what do we got going on here? Yeah. Little, you know, because I come home early. Yeah. Why do you have so many two liters of soda? Why? Why do we need this much soda? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. I don't know. I'm waiting to start the show, and you're over there muttering and cursing to yourself. And I, <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. You know, I just wanted to um, let you do your thing. I figured, I don't know, some kind of technical issue that, let's be honest, I can't help with anyway. <laughs> so I just, you know, sat there and waited. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know it was a whole thing. I didn't no, know it was. It. It's just. It was just a Google related issue. So, so what I wanted to do. Um, we have like flagship things that just become a thing. We don't intentionally want them to become a thing. They just somehow become a thing. Uh, the most famous example is probably fuck chairs. The, uh, not a weekend goes by uh, that we don't get a picture sent to us of a hotel chair. And all over the country, we've we've gotten yeah. we've gotten fuck chairs from from Ireland to Australia to 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 New Zealand to anywhere in America. I, at some point, we should have logged these because we we yeah. probably have covered like. An insane amount of fuck chairs in, in, in our time of doing the show. People sending us various fuck chairs. There's a lot of listeners that are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I promise you, multiple fuck chairs will be given to us. We will just be mm-hmm. bombarded by them, whether on Twitter, on, on Discord, in DMs. I get text message fuck chairs sometimes. That's, yes. how, that's how wild it gets sometimes. I'm like, oh, yeah. congratulations on the sex. Have fun, you know? Yes. And then we always, and then people like expect us to give pithy thoughts about the sex chair. 
Yeah. Because they feel let down. Like, there's been people where they've sent me a sex, uh, like a sex chair photo, and I'm like, oh, okay. I move on with my day, and they're like, so? <laughs> what do you think? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like, looks rough. I don't know. It doesn't look that like that good of a chair, but have fun, you know? If, 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 it, yeah. if, if it is what it is, so. Depends, depends on the size of the lady. I don't know. You know, we, it, 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 you know I, I don't know. I can't always give an opinion on the fuck chair. But you need right. to. People just d- demand it. But um, one that we have recently acquired for some reason is buttermilk. For yes. some reason, on some episode six months ago, we talked about buttermilk. I don't even remember. Oh, you were talking about like old timey movies, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, we get people being like, "I was watching this show, and they talked about buttermilk." Or I was at my grandma's house, and she was drinking buttermilk. Like, yeah. All right, yeah. cool. Like, so just people tell us about buttermilk related things these days. Yeah. Um, so I, you, I, you probably know this, but some sports fans know this, that, uh, this weekend is the Indianapolis 500 and tr- the tradition after the Indianapolis 500. I think we talked about this during the original buttermilk episode is to drink some type of milk after you win the race, right? Sure. The American dairy association of Indiana, they've been doing it forever, long time thing or whatever. And we talked about last year, like who they, they still offer buttermilk as an option, but who in God's name would ever take buttermilk as an option what what would possess you to finish a race and drink buttermilk and the numbers are dwindling the numbers are are down to the the very very final bits here uh but i do want to inform you that two drivers have indicated that if they do win this race they want buttermilk so who are we rooting for here uh ed carpenter wants buttermilk ed carpenter ed carpenter wants wants buttermilk because okay. they have these little, so he 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 requested whole milk because you get you so you get whole two percent fat free or no preference, which I feel like no preference is really like if, if for people that drink milk, you can't say no preference. If you're a two percenter and someone gives you whole, that's a big jump. That's a big, big jump. Difference. Fat free to whole, that's a huge difference. Ed Carpenter, you know that's you know that's very similar to the pro wrestler Edward Compartier. Yes, yes, I do not know if this uh, if I don't think they're related, but because <laughs> their names are different. But uh, and Felix Rosen, uh, Rosenquist, Felix Rosenquist also Felix has requested Rosenquist. Yes, with a Q. There's a Q in the middle of there too. I could yes, that's uh, like a hockey name. Listen, I don't know anything about car racing. I don't get it. I don't watch it. But I know enough to know that neither of those men are going to win this race. Uh, there's a very small chance that uh, uh, Ed Carpenter maybe slightly better chance than uh, old Felix. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't believe any buttermilk uh, will be drank uh, this Sunday. But uh, there's some other uh, interesting things that I wanted to note here and, and get some some milk talk going here. Uh, a few of the guys, so 25 percent of the or 25 of the 32 drivers said they wanted whole milk, which I found a little surprising. Right, that's a lot of people that wanted whole milk. Yeah, I, I think if I were a driver, because I'm not drinking any of that shit, I'd probably just check off whole milk just to make it simple. There could be a little bit of that going on. Okay, yeah. So, so I, I don't think I've ever gotten your milk preferences. What is a Joe Lanza milk? Uh, do you even like milk at all? I don't drink milk. Yeah, you don't say you didn't. You didn't strike me as a milk guy. Yeah. That's... What am I five? You don't see. You don't drink. You don't have ever have cereal. Nothing with milk. I have cereal. Sure. Well, what kind of milk do you put in your cereal, Joe? I count that as being milk. You want to know what kind of milk we got? Yes. In the Lanza refrigerator. No, what milk do you, does does Joe Lanza? If if Joe Lanza's pouring a bowl of, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of your cereal preferences too. Um, 
You probably uh, you strike me as you don't like the old guy stuff, but you're you're not like the you don't like the full on kid stuff. I'm trying to think of the blend of the two. You're right on. I'm right in the like because you're not I, like you're not eating grape nuts or like no. <laughs> like special candy. No <laughs> right, chance, you're not eating that, you know? but but you're also not eating Lucky Charms. It's something in between, but I don't know what that in between is no, exactly. No, I'm not. I'm not eating like uh, tricks. You know? <laughs> right, I, right. It's. <laughs> It's not happening either. But what um, is, I don't know. What is that in between cereal these days? I guess I, I, I'm out of the cereal game a little bit. I don't have as much of it any day, anymore. No, but, I, you uh, know, I don't. Yeah, I don't have cereal a ton. You know, every now and then I get a hankering for some cereal. It's a good post show. Uh, I will say the best post show meal ever. It's easy. Is the bowl tired. of cereal? Yeah. After after one of these shows, getting a bowl of cereal is is solid as hell. Yeah, I, I like a frosted mini wheat. I like a frosted, frosted mini wheat. Okay, that's a good. See that that's a good balance of of old man cereal, but also like you get a little bit of the sugar still. You still want some of that fake sugar. Gotta have some sugar. You can't you can't go grape nuts. You can't do it. You know, it's uh, you can't do it. Oatmeal squares. Um, no oatmeal squares for for Joe. I, I you know I'll do a cinnamon toast crunch. That's a good one. That's a solid one. That that is a, a really good cereal. I'll do a cocoa pebbles. Ooh, see, see that's mm, we're getting close. But fruity pebbles is is the young man cereal. The problem cocoa is the, the adults version. The of that. problem with the pebbles line, right? Yeah, I don't buy it anymore because what I discovered was if I give it to the kids and they don't finish, if you don't get to the bowl quick enough, you, you, the your the bowl is destroyed because you got to like chip it off with a fucking ice chipper. <laughs> yes, like once- yes, that's true. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I do because I live with someone who never uh, uh, runs water on like dishes. Just throws whatever she, whatever uh, she was eating goes into the dish uh, the the sink. No, nothing rinse. Just goes in, the, and then yeah, I'm like, you gotta put water in there. And and yeah, many times the, the pebbles have been a victim of that. Where I'm like, you got You have to run water in this thing, or you have to yeah. empty it out because like. I, I'm literally chipping. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, I grab what? a spatula to try to rip it off of the side, yeah. which cannot be good. That's going into your body, by the way, which is not good. What is with the pebbles line? Why are they like know. little? They're like little glue pellets. I don't, I don't know. Understand. Again, you're putting that into your body. What is it doing in your body? I don't even want to. They're know. sticking inside your esophagus and your uh, fucking pancreas or whatever the fuck. I don't think food goes through the pancreas, does it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It goes I through, do a wrestling podcast. I know nothing of anatomy, so goes through the the esophagus. It goes through the stomach. It goes through the small and large intestine. Then it goes through the colon, and then it comes out your asshole. Right? I mean, that's the path. Sure. Yeah. Sounds good to me. I, did I miss any organs? I don't think <laughs> I did. The other organs are like supplemental organs. Like uh, they help break down this stuff. But yeah, ultimately, okay. ultimately, the food is going to travel in those places. This is a good example of you shouldn't talk about shit when you don't know what you're talking <laughs> we about. We have no fucking idea what you're talking because about. I'm I'm saying all of this confidently, and I I really don't have any clue. Um, I'm not a whatever you call a botanist. Wouldn't be a botanist. What Definitely, be? certainly not a biologist. Botanist. No, a bo- uh, well, <laughs> some kind of fucking scientist. I don't know. Um, <laughs> botanist. <laughs> I talk about wrestling for a living. What do you want from me? Yeah, it's very clear um, we do not know it. If we knew anything about anatomy, we probably wouldn't be on here th- every single week talking for three hours about. Uh, but th- yeah, but I mean, those are some cereals. Those are some cereals I do. I don't buy the Lucky Charms anymore either. I'm going to tell you why. Because when I was buying the Lucky Charms, TLB would sneak down into the pantry at night eat all the marshmallows out of the Lucky oh, Charms. Oh, so then you get an old man cereal. You, you think you're getting a blend, and you were actually getting an old man cereal. Well, and the kids are upset because then they want. Then I make them cereal, and there's no marshmallows in the cereal. Yeah, that's fair. and I'm like, well, that's your mother. 
because I don't do that. I'm not a marshmallow thief. That sounds, like that sounds like a marijuana-related uh, snack. Absolutely. Yeah, thousand okay. percent. Yeah. Is that, is you know what else what she does? Yeah. She takes the ice cream out of the freezer okay. and sneaks it up into the bedroom at night. And she eats it out of the container, like the, what do you call it, the pint or the yeah, half yeah, gallon, yeah, whatever sure. it is. But she eats it around the sides and creates a moat between the ice cream and the container. So that's how she always gives it away that it's her because she creates like a, a an ice cream moat around the sides. Okay. Because she says it, it gets softer on the sides first and she likes the softer, okay. slightly yeah, melted yeah. ice cream. Yeah, I got cream. that. So there's like this weird cone – like yeah. thing that yeah okay and there's like a rock in the middle of frozen <laughs> ice cream when I go to get some ice cream okay um no but those are the ice those are the those are the cereals okay and, and now look I'm only I'm probably eating five bowls of cereal per year max. I'm down, I'm very low these days too yeah it, it, it's 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 almost next to nothing at this point so yeah now the milk the, your original question was what milk am I pouring in those five bowls of cereal. Uh, the Lanza household is a two percent. It's a two percent. A two percent family. Yep, I grew up in a two percent family myself. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. percent. You don't tell. You guys don't mess with the uh, the oat milk. There's no almond milk in there. No soy. Uh, there's no no. There's no gimmicky fucking millennial milk. I have oat milk as as you can probably assume as being a shitty ass millennial that I am. I, I I like oat milk a lot. So nah, none of that. It's two points. Do the two points. That's it. It's two uh, percent. <laughs> You know, that's, you know, no skim. That's like water almost. It's no, skim's trash. Yeah, it's that's like, garbage. What are you doing? Yeah, just put water in like, your cereal then. Looks like cum. Um, no hole. That's too much. That's too thick. The, the hole, it's, I don't know, freaks me out. So, you know, two points. Um, I don't think either of those guys are winning that race, though. I don't know a ton about fucking no, racing. No, you're pretty, you're pretty uh, on point there. Uh, there, there's some other extra caveats. So again, like I said, 25% of the drivers said that they wanted whole milk. 6% said they wanted, or six total, 25 total, six total said they wanted 2%. Zero wanted fat free. So they're with you on the skim milk. Like I'd rather, I'll literally just have water at that point. <laughs> like don't even bother with that. Yeah. Uh, and then the one no preference guy, uh, who is Juan Pablo Montoya, who I do not believe is winning the race either. So I think he was just like, you serious? I mean, it's not a problem. Like, whatever. Like, I'm not. If I win, I don't. I literally don't care. It'll be the longest shot of all long shots. Just give me whatever the hell you have. Then I don't really care. It's fine. Well, what do you pick? What? What? He, what? What's weird though? He said no preference, but then he said he wanted oh. chocolate. So he just wants it to be chocolate, no matter what. No preference. Okay. No preference, but so he's fine with whole two percent or fat free, but he just wants it to be chocolate. What did uh? What did Dick Trickle pick? Uh, Dick Trickle, unfortunately, not will, will not be racing. Uh, no? In the 2022 uh, Indianapolis 500. No, he was uh, he was more of a, a stock car racer than a uh, uh, an open wheel oh. racer. He also died in I think 2013. Oh, okay. Dick not Trickle's not a dead. great end to uh, Dick Trickle's life, unfortunately. So um, I just wanted to say Dick Trickle. No, I I yeah no as you should. I uh, yeah. I was a big fan of Dick Trickle growing up. I have a a pencil somewhere in my parents' house maybe that says Dick Trickle fan club. He had like a fan club and I. Yeah. Made my well, dad make know. me join in. He's like, all right, whatever. Dan Patrick made him famous because absolutely, was, yeah. Sports Center every NASCAR race every weekend. He would read the highlight, read the winner, and then and Dick Trickle finished thirty ninth. <laughs> yeah, you know? was never very yeah. Dick, yeah, he always fine. He was yeah. fine, but yeah, the, the, he his 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 legend was far 
far outweighed his his actual production. Well, his name is Dick Trickle. Yeah, it's Richard Leroy Trickle, and he was like, mm, you know what? Let me go by Dick. You know? Got to go by Dick. <laughs> Dick <laughs> Trickle. Yeah, I mean, just the perfect last name. It's for a, a fantastic. Guy named Dick. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. So, um. A few of the other one driver said he wanted ice cold whole milk. He he requested ice cold. That's pretty specific. I hope he loses. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's like, "Ah, right, look, man, whatever." Eat shit. You get yeah. what they give you. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh yeah, another this? one said, "Please make sure it's cold." It's like, you know, whatever, man. If we'll, we'll try our best, but uh jerk. You're pouring it over your head. What's yeah, exactly. You take two sips, pour it over your head. It's fine. Uh, one guy said he wanted fresh cold milk. Like, what does he think they're giving him? Like, how fresh does Dalton Kellett want his milk? He said fresh cold milk. He's the only one that what? specified fresh. As in, like, I don't know what the other option would be. of, Or how fresh he really wants this milk to be. Does he want, literally want a cow to be next to him and, squ- and milked in front of him and then presented to him? Like, what does he want what? here? What series? What is it, like F one? What is this? This uh, is uh, uh, IndyCar NTT IndyCar. All right, yes, hold on. Yeah. Let me let me uh, let me get the let me pull the my bookie up. my bookie up here. IndyCar. Oh, there's some good there's some good odds on that my book. If they if they were doing an ad, I would do a whole read on that because I think I think there's some money to be made this weekend. That's all I'll say. F one's that European shit that's real trendy right now, right? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. what that is. Yeah. yeah, I got confused. They look the same. The cars. What do you want from uh, me? Similar. Yeah, uh, pretty similar. Uh, let's see. Uh, the favorite is this Scott Dixon at plus five fifty. Yeah, yeah. What is his? Uh, let me see what his milk preference is. Quick. Uh, Scott Dixon, whole milk, no other, at, at no chocolate. No, no, he doesn't want. He doesn't care. Just wants whole milk. Just give me the whole milk. What were these two guys that wanted the? Uh, uh, Ed Carpenter wanted uh, wanted buttermilk. Ed Carpenter is plus twenty five hundred. Yeah, not great. Yeah. but uh, and then Felix is middle of the pack. Middle Felix of the pack. Rosenquist. Rosenquist. Uh. Plus two thousand. Yeah. They're not the longest shots by any stretch, but they uh like you don't want to be this Stefan Wilson here plus thirty thousand. No, yeah, he, not good for him. He must be terrible, Stefan Wilson. <laughs> right? He must stink. Stefan Wilson must be the dick trickle of uh fucking IndyCar. Um What what are the current odds on uh, Juan Pablo Montoya? He was the one that had no preference on his milk. He's gotta be very toward the bottom. Plus 8,000. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that. look, it's probably not evidence, so whatever. Here's one. I've heard of a couple of these guys, like Tony Kanan. I yeah, know you've him. heard of Tony Kanan. Yeah, he's a long-time racer. He's been there forever. 2% 2, for Tony. 2% for Tony. Are these guys that drive uh, NASCAR but then do this race? Just no, uh, no, no, no. They're, they're, all these guys are IndyCar guys. It's Jimmy Johnson's a fucking So he guy? Well, here's the funny story. He he retired from NASCAR and then eventually jumped into IndyCar. He, he couldn't let it go, so oh. he's, he's doing this now. He yeah, Now, he's the please make sure it's cold guy. Oh, yeah. I hope he Not ice cold. Santino Ferrucci is the ice cold guy. Who I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't know. That sounds like a guy you should root for. But sounds he's the one Italian. that wanted, he's the one that wanted an ice cold. So I'm rooting for Santino Ferrucci. Well, he so, wants the ice cold milk. You told him to fuck off. So plus eight thousand. I'm gonna put a couple bucks on him right now. Yeah, why, why not? not? Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? Santino Ferrucci. Worst that could happen is I lose a couple bucks. Yeah, right. There could be a huge happen. accident, and there's no one left, and he just has to drive by himself around the track a couple two hours or so, and then. Yeah, Rich, then. a uh, thirty dollar bet. Yeah. On Saint, you know, Ferrucci pays off twenty four hundred bucks. That's silly not to. I mean, how can I not? You'd be throwing Ferrucci? away money not doing that. Yeah. All right. I'm yeah, my bookie really fucked up by not doing uh, odds here because I, 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 I could have done a hole or, or, or getting getting mad here. Uh, Helio Cashinevis wants pink powder for his uh, his milk. What do you think about that? 
Oh, he wants to do the uh, strawberry milk, the nest. Yeah. The no, nest I think quick. he just wants it to be pink. I think he, it's, it's more about the color more so than than the, than the strawberry. Uh, too gimmicky. I hope he loses. Who's that? <laughs> Sponsored by Sirius. Uh, Hilo Cashinevis. He won last year's. So. Oh, he might win, huh? Yeah, he could. See, I, I don't know. The gimmicks, I don't. See, I would just be like, I don't want any milk. You know? <laughs> well, like, you get, you'll get in some trouble. That that was a, a very famous. No preference. Uh, yeah, so you want no milk. You're you're going to you're going to say no go on the milk. You're going to win I, and I, say fuck your milk. I'm good. I would be no preference Lanza. Okay. I just I don't I'd say listen, hand me I milk, I'll pour it over my milk. head and we'll move on. I don't even want milk on my head. That's gross. Can I just like <laughs> I pour think... it on the ground? Oh, I don't know. Like I'm pouring it out for my homies, well, right? There, there's there was a big controversy in the 90s. Uh 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 Emerson Fittipaldi. Uh, he was a, uh, a driver uh who owned like orange groves and he was handed milk and put it away and then grabbed orange juice. And Oh my God, it was a, cause this is like, issue? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. He was just like, well, no, I want to sponsor, you know, I, I, I'm involved in the orange business. So I want to promote orange juice. And Oh my yeah. God, <laughs> the, the American dairy association of Indiana, not happy about uh, that. So yeah. That is- well, you know, <laughs> the hell with those hucksters. What I, would do. <laughs> I agree. Orange juice is much better than- I don't want I don't want milk in my hair in that hot sun. You're driving in a car for four. How long are these races? Four hours? Five hours. Uh, they're pretty long. Yeah. So Sean Cedar in the chat saying that you uh, he's liking your bet of Santino Ferrucci here. Yeah. He's, he gave you his past uh, Indy 500 finishes are seventh, fourth and sixth. Wow. He's you could got be taking home. Some... How much money are you taking home again? So what? Tw- uh, $2,400. Why are his odds so long? I don't, I don't understand. Know. Well. Yeah, bad tires or something. Like, what's the deal? How's that work? <laughs> yeah, you don't understand the like the concept of racing. So I don't understand. You're like, well, how does one guy pass another guy? And we try yeah. to explain it to you, and it, just wasn't, just, it wasn't quite working. Yeah. Put your foot on the gas and go faster. I don't understand. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's, it there's definitely a hang up. There's definitely a hang up between you and, and understanding because you're like, well, I don't know. This guy's next to this guy. I don't know why he doesn't go past him. <laughs> yeah, just pass him. I don't, you know, I, it's a sport. I don't understand. I put it on. I don't understand. I turn it off. You know, I just I didn't grow up with it. I don't get yeah, it. That's fair. Um, you know, so it, I'm, I'm, it, listen, you reach a point in your life where you just don't. You can't add new sports. Yeah. No, you don't want to learn a new sport. I don't have time to learn a new sport and everything that goes into it. You know what I mean? And there's a lot to learn here. Fucking tires and drift and fucking all this other bull RPMs. I, I'm not interested. I can't. Gasoline. I, I, I just, and... <laughs> yeah. I tried that drive to survive gimmick that everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd that go? That got everyone into the F. I couldn't get into it. I don't know. I thought it was boring. So I just reach a point in life. You just. Well, new sports are tricky just to, you know. Look, 80, know. 87 Mid South's not going to watch itself. So. That's the thing, you know. Yeah, and that's 87 survive, GWFs like, are not going to watch themselves. All these fucking cocky European guys that are like fucking Borat in the, in the, uh, in the, in the fucking, uh, uh, Will Ferrell gimmick. What, remember that? Uh, Borat in the Will Ferrell gimmick. Now I don't yeah, know what yeah, the hell yeah. you're talking about anymore. I know yeah, the Borat. Will, the, the Will, know, what's the Will Borat. Ferrell gimmick? Borat played the, the cocky European guy in the Will Ferrell gimmick. The the Will Ferrell movie about NASCAR. Uh, what the hell's the name? Oh, Talent right, Day right, right. So, yeah, okay. I was like, what are you talking about? Yes, okay. That's what all these F1 drivers remind me of, that Borat character. Like, you know, they're all like, you know, these European guys. I can't relate to these guys. I don't know. I just... Feel like they're all like uh i don't know what's the word i'm looking for it's, I, like I don't how, know i like how 
Do you not think that like anybody would know who Sasha Baron Cohen Baron Cohen is? Like that, I couldn't think of his name in the moment. <laughs> okay, I got it. I got you. Everybody knows who Borat is. Yeah, you know? no, so, I, mean, I mean, yeah, you're you're not wrong. People knew exactly who you were talking about when you said. Yeah, Borat, so, except yeah. you. You're the only one who didn't <laughs> well, know. You what said I was Borat in the Will Ferrell gimmick. Like, yeah, <laughs> but look in the chat. Talladega Nights. Talladega yeah, Nights. Okay. Talladega right, Nights. All, right, all right. You know, you're I the only wrong. one that. Yeah, you're a little slow on the draw there, but that's all right. Um. Yeah, so anyway, that's uh that's the car racing fucking hour here. <laughs> it's more uh, supposed to be the milk hour, but uh it turned out to butter be milk. so yeah, it was yeah. supposed to be the uh, uh the buttermilk gimmick. But uh, all right, well um let's get to we got a plenty to get to here uh wrestling wise uh this week as we have uh AEW double or nothing coming up this weekend. So we're gonna preview that extensively. Uh New Japan's best of the super juniors. We're gonna talk about where things uh, uh lay uh here on the twenty sixth. Uh, end of the tournament is on June third. So we're starting to get some separation in the blocks, but then one of the blocks is just kind of everybody in the big giant lump, like as per usual. Uh Rev Pro's Epic Encounters twenty twenty two. We're gonna talk about that show. Uh the very um intriguing and, and not sleazy at all uh Dirty Ron McDonald versus Brett Lauderdale and GCW thing. Fake COVID tests, a bunch of weird people, all this sort of crazy stuff that we will touch on in a bit. Uh, also, the other events going on this weekend uh, in Las Vegas for uh, Double or Nothing weekend. But we're going to start uh, with this news that just broke a couple hours ago. right? I think just a handful of hours before we were going to go live here uh, today. And it is that WWE is moving the money in the bank a premium live event. I forgot what they're called first. I don't know why. We make a note of saying premium live event all the time. I should never forget what they're called. Uh, WWE sent an email to people who had purchased tickets to the premium live event, Money in the Bank, informing them that the event, originally scheduled for Allegiant Stadium, was being moved to the much smaller MGM Grand Garden Arena. Uh, those who had already purchased tickets to Money in the Bank will be automatically refunded, and exclusive pre-sale for those ticket holders will begin on Wednesday, June 1st. Uh, as of May 6th, Dave Meltzer reported 16,833 tickets sold for the event, uh, which is coming up on July 2nd. Uh, Allegiant Stadium, by the way, uh, has a listed capacity of 65,000. Uh, the MGM Grand Garden Arena, uh, their capacity is 17,000. So uh, that they had 16,833 tickets sold. Uh, probably not a coincidence that the building they're moving into has a, a capacity of 17,000. So, Joe... Um, not good. This is not good news at all. Uh, it we'll, we'll bookend it with a discussion about SummerSlam as well, which uh, tickets for that's not exactly great either. So I don't know if our, if our boy uh, Big Dick Nick's uh, Stadium Series plan is working out so great uh, so far. But uh, this this is the first domino to fall. Moving from a giant football stadium, uh, turning money in the bank, quote unquote, into a stadium show, uh, and now having to eat shit and go to the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Even worse that they can't even go to the T-Mobile arena because there's a UFC fight literally on that same night as well. So they're in the smaller arena in the town. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know capacity-wise if they're a small arena. But prestige-wise, T-Mobile's kind of the bigger prestige arena these days. MGM Grand Garden Arena, uh, not so much. But, uh, yeah, what did you make of this news when you saw it, that, that, that they're moving money in the bank? I mean, it's embarrassing. There's no other way around it. I don't know how they're – how do you think they're going to spin it? I yeah, so the the classic, you know, WrestleMania seven was the, you know, bomb threat security issues that, you know, oh man, well we can't we can't go to the LA Sports Coliseum. We've sold uh, fourteen thousand tickets, so I guess we'll go to the LA Sports Arena, which can fit sixteen thousand like it was the exact amount of tickets they had sold and they realized, oh crap, like we're not gonna sell anymore. If we if we gotta cancel, we're gonna cancel now and we don't have to refund anybody, we can just immediately move the tickets over to the new arena. So that was the WrestleMania seven thing. They said security concerns about the Sergeant Slaughter thing or whatever. Um 
they're a pretty crass company, but I doubt they would use like current events to be like, oh, well, we're not quite sure about running a stadium or whatever. Like they're they're pretty bad about stuff. I don't think they're that bad about stuff, but uh, it, it's who who the hell knows what what the reasoning is. Right now, there's no official uh, word from them as far as I know of, of of why they're actually moving this thing. I think what this tells us, and look, SummerSlam's not doing so hot either. Yeah, let me get those numbers for you real quick. Yeah, so this is as of May twentieth from uh, WrestleTix. Uh, available tickets still eleven thousand nine hundred and fifteen available. Uh, this is from Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee, where the, uh, the Tennessee yeah. Titans play. Uh, current setup is for thirty four thousand, which, by the way, thirty four thousand in a gigantic football stadium is, is kind of ridiculous too. But uh, tickets distributed twenty two thousand five hundred and nineteen. So so far, uh, that is on July thirtieth, by the way, too. So it's not like that far away. <laughs> We're pretty damn close to that event too, and it's also SummerSlam, to you know, kind of a, a marquee event. Uh, twenty two thousand five hundred nineteen tickets sold. Uh, still eleven thousand nine hundred fifteen available, and yeah, the setup is 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 not very big. It's just a twenty hair... twenty two thousand tickets distributed. Distributed, yes, not exactly sold. Yeah, distributed could be comps, all that sort so, of stuff. Yeah, it, but but the the thing about SummerSlam is they only opened up about what sixty percent of the building on top of that. Yeah, so, there's a whole half of the building that's pretty much not doing anything so like maybe the whole 50, yeah maybe half because you said thirty four thousand tickets available yeah let me see what they they say the nissan stadium capacity is which isn't always fair for football but um right right uh, it, it gives us higher. a rough idea sixty nine thousand one hundred forty three is the is the full so it's a seventy thousand seat building you have to account for the stupid stage setup though so maybe a sixty thousand seat you could probably do sixty thousand for wrestling if you had to and they only set it up for thirty four yeah. i mean that tells you right there they weren't confident. And that because here's the thing. I think but it's still thirty, you know, they still have twenty two thousand tickets out, which obviously is a huge number. Um but look for WrestleMania and SummerSlam and and I think everyone's known for years, you know, those events the 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 name WrestleMania and now SummerSlam's kind of Become that too, and kind of Royal Rumble too. You can throw them in. That's going to sell X amount of tickets on its own, and then from there, like last year, if you have a big time main event, like The Rock versus John Cena, and we saw the effect that John Cena had on house shows uh, for the house shows that he did during that run as well, uh, then you can go above and beyond however many tickets the SummerSlam name is going to sell. Uh, and we see every year with WrestleMania before we even have a hint of any matches being announced on television. You know, they sell tens of thousands of tickets just off of the name WrestleMania. I think it was pretty arrogant to think that they could run a stadium for Money in the Bank and see the same effect. Money in the Bank doesn't have that kind of cachet. It took many, many years for WrestleMania and SummerSlam and Royal Rumble to to have that cachet to where you can sell tens of thousands of tickets off of just the names of those events. And... Money in the bank does not have that uh, type of gravitas to it. And on top of that, when you factor in that Sasha Banks is gone and Roman Reigns is gone and Brock Lesnar isn't around, well, now you don't have any stars either. So what happened here with this money in the bank is you have an event that normally you would not run in a stadium. And it's not an event that fans see as a special event. And none of your top stars are around. And they have failed to make stars. And, you know, there's always going to be some kind of day of reckoning. And this is one of those days of reckoning for not making stars because they don't have any stars. 
and they weren't going and they're not they don't have the ability right now with a relatively cold television product to sell out a stadium for a B pay-per-view. It was a very arrogant attempt and it completely backfired. And now they're running the, you know, fourth biggest building in the city or whatever. So they're refunding everybody their money. And then, uh, you know, I think those people are first in line if they want to buy tickets to the smaller building. And if all of those people buy tickets, they should be able to fill that building. What they have out, 11,000 tickets or something like Uh, that? So Dave had reported 16,833 tickets sold for the event. I I believe he went, I think when he said sold, I think he meant out though, because I think WrestleTix had a much lower number of sold. So it's also Vegas too, which is comp city in terms of like, you know, so who knows? But yeah, 16,833 tickets sold slash out. I don't know the exact number there. That's what Dave said uh, for the event. So they are... Totally, what they're doing here is avoiding an embarrassment on television, is what they're doing. Correct. Yeah. It was going to look ugly, and they wanted to avoid that. So, now, Meltzer had also talked about a few weeks ago how the theory inside the company was uh, just run these stadiums, run these gigantic buildings, sell as many tickets as you can with with knowing that you're not going to sell out. But we'd rather sell... 28,000 tickets in a building that we set up for 38,000 then sell you know then sell out a 14,000 seat building. Right. That that was kind of become the new company strategy. Right, it gives us the prestige, the, the the building will look good, right. we can do our pan shocks look good. We'll just we'll just make sure and you can see that from the if you, if you see the layout if you go to WrestleTix and and, and see uh the layout of the SummerSlam show Basically, nobody on the hard cam side. They're, they're, they wanted 100% of the audience to be facing the hard cam. Nobody behind the hard cam. Nobody to the side of the hard cam. Nobody, just everybody there. So it would look, it would probably look decent. It's just fill half of that venue or whatever it was going to be, or 25,000 of that venue or whatever. It was probably going to look okay and look pretty decent. But yeah, this one is, is, is this money in the bank appears to be very, very misguided in terms of just. Not yeah. even anywhere near the amount that it would look good even to do that. I mean, you'd be moving people right. left and right to just make it. And and not to, not to include, like, the atmosphere of going to a 65,000-seat venue and having, you know, 18,000 people there is, is yeah. yeah, the acoustics are awful. Really, Everything's going to sound terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So in this was a case where they couldn't even make it look good on TV. And like you said, get all the benefits of uh bragging about running you know a football uh your football size stadium and 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 all of uh, and then making it look they this this was doing so poorly that they weren't even able to do that so they just bailed and they're getting out of it and look we they probably had a feeling this was going to struggle to some extent because we had those weird Okay, is the money in the bank briefcase for a shot at WrestleMania now, or is it you know you know? So they had that whole thing. They sent Cody out there to shoot like a commercial or an ad. Uh, I don't know if you saw that where he was standing in the middle of the the, building <laughs> the middle of the empty saying, arena, which was unfortunately very ominous. Foreshadowing, <laughs> yeah, what would actually yeah. be happening? <laughs> uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> so they kind of they probably felt 
like this was kind of you know. I oh, think you can tell there was some juice. Comment. There was some extra juice being put into it, and that's why we were wondering what the hell are they talk about WrestleMania now all of a sudden for. And it's probably just because that's the last thing that they have in that company is I just fucking say something about WrestleMania. It's the only cash day we yeah. have anymore. That's why we have WrestleMania Backlash and WrestleMania Raw and WrestleMania SmackDown. They're probably thinking I just say it for a title shot at WrestleMania. Whatever we need something, you know, give it some juice, give it something. Because I'm sure they looked at these numbers and went, "This is dire," and they did all that sort of stuff and. And presumably, I don't know the, the the updated totals, but presumably none of that, you know, last ditch, okay, we have to sell X amount of tickets more, none of that shit appeared to have worked at all, because now they, now they just decided, fuck it then, we're, we're done. Yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, the TV is kind of stabilized, but is is mostly cold. I mean, you look at the last three months of Raw, and they're down in total viewership year over year. They're down big double digits in... 18 to 49 year over year. SmackDown is down year over year, 18 to 49 the last three months. And they're just about flat in total viewership the last three months. So the TV is not hot at all by any means. Um, they don't have any stars left. You know, if Roman's going to scale back and Sasha's hitting the bricks, uh, you know, Brock did his little deal and he's gone now again. And Rhonda did not spark this time. So she's just another spoke on the wheel now. Who are the stars? It's Cody and who? Yeah. And Cody has proven, because they've booked them well, to be a pretty reliable television draw, which we kind of figured he would be until the worst of their booking habits got the better of them, which haven't happened yet. Uh, they've still done a good job with him, so he's still drawing on television. And they're really leaning heavily onto him with these countdown clocks and everything on Raw. Um you know, so it, that show is essentially built around him because he's all that they have left. I don't know how much juice is left in Becky. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say that we'll call her a star. Um, you know, Bianca, have they gotten her there yet? I don't see, see Joe. You're saying that they don't make stars, but I mean, I go on Twitter every single Monday and I, I hear about a lot of stars on the show. So I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like Liv all Mor- the stars. Liv Morgan was a star. Remember when she was yeah. losing to Becky Lynch all the time and she became a star? Uh yeah, there's all these Matt Riddle, a star. I mean, there there's a lot of uh, stars every single week on on you know you go on Twitter. Yeah, this the show is is filled with stars. So I don't know what you're talking about when you keep saying they don't have any stars because I don't you're know. Right. All they, I mean, all they got to do is call up Cora Jade. They made a star in one night. <laughs> right. Right. Cora She's Jade. ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> star making performance. Cora Jade. Remember. I do. Um, yeah. They, they, so I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, with there's no stars thing. I mean, they have an embarrassment of stars according to. Uh, People that I follow uh, on Monday nights on Twitter. So, what about Braun Breakar, who doesn't get any fucking? He gets nothing in this at that NXT building anymore. Even the even the NXT fans is not even over with anymore. Um, you know, so I figured that eventually they they would just wear Cody down to the nub as well, but they haven't done that yet. But uh, outside of Cody, there ain't nobody there. <laughs> so I, I could see why people wouldn't buy tickets to fill this football stadium in Las Vegas, which is a tricky market to begin with, for a B show. They're I also mean, trying to do, I mean, they're trying to do two stadium shows in one yeah. month. <laughs> you know, that's that's tough. And yeah, like you said, there, there's other events going on. UFC is going on that exact same night in Las Vegas. Yep. It's just, yep. yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a rough thing. And that's not even including, because we had a few people say, well, you know, uh, do you think Forbidden Door, you know, this is an effective Forbidden Door, and do you think this is an effective this or effective that? I think we've said it, and I don't know if you 100% agree with, with, with my stance on this. I, I believe maybe I answered this in a Q&A or whatever. Uh, I just don't think they're the same audiences anymore. I, I think your AEW 
audience, the people that would travel for Forbidden Door, I don't know that they were people that were going to WrestleMania or SummerSlam anyway. I, I don't know that th- th- that prospective fan who was like, all right, I'm between SummerSlam and whatever. Oh, New Japan and AEW. Oh, okay, well, now I got to decide. Am I going to that or am I going to SummerSlam? I don't think that fan exists anymore. I think the WWE fans are your WWE fans and your AEW New Japan, your your counterculture fans or whatever. They now have that counterculture for them. They now have that company that's providing that stuff for them. So that's the fan that I think is traveling for Forbidden Door. That's the fan that's going to All Out. That's the fan that's converging on Las Vegas this weekend for Double or Nothing. I, I don't think those same fans exist anymore. Those, those you know, yeah. uh, I could be swayed either way. I don't think those fans ever considered going to SummerSlam. I don't think those fans ever considered going to Money in the Bank. I don't think... The money buying fans are the same fan. The money spending fans are the same fans. I think you're right. Right. Because uh, someone asked I, me on the Q and A. I remember now what, what what did this. They were saying, you know, why haven't we heard any more CM Punk chants? Why are there no more beach balls? Why are there no more waves and all that sort of stuff? And I was like, those fans are just gone because they don't need yeah, to be at WWE yeah. anymore. They have a product yeah. every single week on American television, very easy to find that that caters to what they want that they yeah. think is good so they just kind of said oh, alright well I'll just watch this then so those fans are gone I don't know what those fans because people are like oh man the, the WWE fans have been very receptive lately they're you know perfectly you know normal and perfectly fine and when they right. say to cheer they usually cheer and when they say to boo they usually boo it's because like yeah you, you've, you, you're you down to that fan which yeah. is probably what they, what they they probably like that a little bit more that those kind of you know get themselves over smarky fans are gone or whatever but those fans have so I, I just don't know that those have an effect on each other I, I understand how in like prior years you might say oh wow well AEW running I just really think that you have now drawn your line in the sand and and, and you aren't somebody that's going to go to Forbidden Door and then also try to go to Money in the Bank I think you're you're one or the other at this point you're, you're either going to AEW shows or you're going to WWE shows yeah I think there's some truth to that it's uh I've written some stuff and and, and done some audio too in that, um, you know, I, I don't know that that AEW should even be attempting to, you know, because there's there's this kind of this theory that Tony Khan and AEW they're not doing enough to get enough of the WWE existing WWE or wrestling fans to to, to watch AEW. I think they, I think they've converted all the WWE fans that they're going to convert. I think the WWE fans that are remaining just really like WWE, right and. For for some reason, I don't know what they like about it. Um, all the but, stars, they love all the stars, Joe. I mean, stars. it's just they're superstars up and down the show. That's what they love, clearly. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone else left who's a diehard WWE fan to win over because they like the overproduced WWE style of wrestling. They like the way, and I, I cannot believe it, it's unfathomable to me that anyone would think this way. But they like the way WWE tells their stories. Uh, they like uh. it. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand it either, but they, you know, they, they like the overly choreographed entrances. They like the caked on makeup on all of the women. They, they just, they're into that, you know, and, and they like that. AEW's not going to give them that. And, uh, you know, when these people say, oh, well, WWE actually has storylines and they tell stories. I don't think those people are being disingenuous. I think they believe that they yes. like that kind of hand-holding, dumbed down, you know, a fifth grader can understand it and kind of storytelling. And I'm not trying to be passive-aggressive or dismiss. Just, just, they like it. For whatever reason, they like it. Either because they want to turn their brains that's off. That's all they know. I mean, there's a whole generation that that's all they know as well. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we're, I mean, I'm a child of 
you know, growing up with WCW and WWF and ECW all kind of running at the same time, you know, that, it, and that's just, you know, counting that, not only, you know, learning about the independence, learning about Japan, learning about Mexico, all that sort of stuff, like, just as an American wrestling fan, just as like a, you know, a teenager or even younger than that watching TV, I had access to a bunch of, I had WCW, WWF and ECW at that time, so I knew, like, but there's a whole generation of fans, I mean, <laughs> that, that, this is all they yeah. know. They know WWE, and and to them, that's it. That's that's how you do pro wrestling. This they're doing pro wrestling right. AEW is doing it wrong. When in fact, you know, I think most people would would, would greatly disagree with that. Or I, I'm sure everybody listening to this show would greatly disagree with that. Yeah, they don't. They you know they don't have the patience or the understanding of you know the, the a lot of the territory based style storytelling that they're doing in the other company. I mean, you know, Wardlaw power bombing jobbers. You know, for months and months, and Sean Spears imploring him to stop power bombing people. You know, because you know they want Wardlaw <laughs> to get pops, and then not paying that off until months later, when Wardlaw is facing Spears in the cage, and then has free reign to power bomb him five, six, seven times as sort of this long play payoff to when Spears was getting annoyed at Wardlaw power bombing these other guys, like. Because the announcers aren't screaming it at you and and making sure that you cannot possibly not understand what's happening. That isn't the kind of storytelling that's going to appear. So, look, we're drifting off course a little. The point here is I agree with you. I think that most of the people that are remaining in the roughly 2 million people that care enough about WWE to watch their TV every week, um, you know – you're not winning them over or converting them and they're not spending their money. They're not making a decision between double or nothing or SummerSlam. They're going to SummerSlam or they're going to nothing. So I do agree with you. Yeah. And, and I think what, what, what then that tells us, if we, if, if you and I kind of both agree with that and, and, and people listening, you're thinking, okay, yeah, that all kind of makes sense. Then what this is, is just a failure to, to, to reach even your most hardcore fans, even your, your money buying fans, this money in the making the SummerSlam. That's not, I mean, this, to me, this is a very damning thing. Is that the, especially something like SummerSlam? I think even more than money. The money they make was just a complete. I mean, we that was a, a shot in the dark. Let's try to make another show. We'll put it in a stadium so people will just kind of assume that because it's in a stadium, it's a big show, and it's a big deal, or whatever. The ticket buying audience said, "Nah, it's still money in the bank. We don't really care." And it doesn't help that WWE has just kind of pissed in and on and, and and lit the money in the bank gimmick on fire over the last yeah. few years, like almost quite literally as well. Like Again, means, more more reaping what you sow. Yeah, I mean th- that gimmick means absolutely nothing if you were going to make this a prestige event you were about seven years too late on doing that. And especially after the last two years where you gave it to Otis and then basically said, well, shit, now what do we do? Uh, And they basically forgot that Otis had it and then just had him lose, you know, whatever the hell they did. More chickens coming home to roost. Yes, yes. And then the Miz last year where they kind of forgot that he had it, had him win a title for one night and then lose it again the next night after that. Uh, but yeah, they they've given no care to this gimmick in a while. So yeah, it, it's more it's... of the baker spoiling the batch, <laughs> right? So it's a self fulfilling prophecy uh, here. That one I made up. Yes, yeah, that, that, that's a good one. Is that? Did you make that one up? I on the spot. Interesting. Would that work? What was it again? Let me see if that would work. More the baker spoiling the batch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Maybe he uses a little too much yeast. Yeah, too much yeast. Yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. use too much. Gotta use them my right. Too yeasty. You don't want to be too yeasty. Yeah. <laughs> In many ways. Um but yeah, no, that that so it, it's not a gimmick that people care enough about. So they took this risk of, hey, we'll put it in a stadium and, and hopefully our fans will be so dumb that they'll just say, oh, it's in a stadium, so it must be big. And then it's not. And then nobody bought it. And then they tried to tell you, no, 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 it's big. It's for a match at WrestleMania. And the fans yeah. were just kind of like, eh, nah, not really. Sure it so, is. So yeah. 
so that one, whatever. I, I'm going to let the Money in the Bank thing just be it. But I think the SummerSlam thing is even more damning thing because that's it SummerSlam. Is. You know what I mean? That yeah. is a yeah. prestige event. Yeah. That is still one of the big, you know, Royal Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam. Like, But isn't the tell that they know that their ticket business isn't great, that they only offered half the building? I mean, it's one thing to offer half the building for your Raws and your SmackDowns. You know, because, you know, that's the other thing. Their Raws and their SmackDowns, they've only been offering half the building which is embarrassing enough but they kind of again they kind of saw this coming you know because they didn't offer the whole building this time so um that's kind of and, and what hasn't vince mcmahon's thing for decades been the house show business is the real indicator of what's going on and how people feel about the product so it, you know is this going to elicit change or is it just going to be the old, well, we've got the guaranteed money. So, you know, what does it matter? Why create stars that are just going to march into my office and put title belts on the table and leave? All right. Fuck it. Right? Why create stars that are going to march into my office and tell me I'm not working Trenton, New Jersey anymore? And and you're giving me a raise. And I'm not working the B pay-per-views. So why create stars? Right? You've got the guaranteed money. Stars are nothing but trouble. You got a competitor there, which guarantees that the stars are going to be nothing but trouble now because they have options. When Roman walks in the office and says, Look, I'm not working house shows or B pay per views, I'll see you at Royal Rumble. What are you supposed to tell him? You can't hardball him. You built the whole fucking company around him. <laughs> right. Another baker spoiling the batch. Yeah. You know, you, you, you know, let's let's have him you, beat all of our stars all the time. Hey, I don't want to work Trenton anymore. Ah, well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, again, another self fulfilled prophecy where yeah. we, everyone said the Roman train. What was, you always used to make idea. the Roman train noise. I, yeah. What was the noise you used to make? Was it vroom, all vroom, aboard? Or, all aboard. Train. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. it. You know, yeah. <laughs> the Roman train. We talked about it for. We talked about the Roman train in in 2016. We were doing the train noise, saying, "Hey." You're all gonna get crushed by this thing, and it's gonna. The end result needs to be him making it as a star, or else you're fucked. Well, oh, but then see, but that's the rub. Then he does get over the hump to some extent here, and now he has all the power. <laughs> right, he built the whole fucking <laughs> company around him. <laughs> so it's like there's got to be a balance here too, you know. And uh, you know, so it, it's it's these are all self fulfilled prophecies, but it's like, you know, the money's still guaranteed. So now they just have to put up, you know, competence ratings and just get another deal. And then they're good for another five years and, you know, rinse, repeat. But uh, um, it's still this is a big L today. This is very embarrassing for them. Very embarrassing. I, I, I'm curious what the spin will be. Uh, the public spin. Maybe they say nothing. Maybe they just no sell it. Right. And but but, you know, WrestleMania. They had to say something, so they said it was a bomb threat. Uh, I don't know if they say anything in this instance. Maybe they just pretend like they were never running a Legion Stadium to begin with. And they just, uh, you know, look, the Raiders fill it eight times a year. Garth Brooks filled it. You don't have any stars. Ah, it's vaccinated. I'm sure it's like a, it's a vaccination thing or something. I'm sure, right? Isn't that <laughs> what was the MSG thing? Oh yeah, the well, oh, I don't know because kids I, need to get vaccinated, and that that's impossible to do. Well, the oh, Rangers yeah, and yes. the Knicks need to be doing okay. Yeah, yeah. every other event that runs MSG constantly, but yeah, right. Every concert, every Nick and Ranger game. Um, you know, MSG. Look, 
we've been pounding that drum. That should have been the first hint that something mm-hmm. was amiss. Because when you when when WWE is struggling in MSG, man, that's the beginning of a ripple effect in terms of tickets. When you've lost that town to a company that's existed for ten minutes, when Orange Cassidy moonwalks into New York and and kicks your ass, that's a bad sign. Chicago not quite as loyal to McMahon. He won it like he won every city. But that one you can live with. New York, you can't live with that. Now, to me, that was a horrendous sign. I screamed about it. I, you know, I argued with Jakar Norgai about it. Every, you know, everyone came at me. But that, that was the first sign of trouble right there. You know, now they're having tr- trouble. Set. Then, it was the, then it was the Raws and the Smackdowns all over the country. And now you see this. Now they're struggling with these stadiums. It's, you know. I don't know. Not good. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it, it is certainly a thing. I know that um, I know the Hell in a Cell. I think has sold out now. Uh, coming up uh, in a couple weeks here, so that that has sold out. But again, like it's you know we're we're creeping up to these sellouts. You know what I mean? We're 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 just barely doing these. And yeah, these the, the 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 damning thing is is you know SummerSlam in a stadium used to be a pretty sure thing, and that's not a sure thing yeah. anymore. And it really makes yeah. you wonder about rumbles, about manias, about all that sort of stuff. It's gonna be a really a really interesting summer here because yeah they well, they what's are what's John Cena up to? Give him a call. That yeah, that's probably the next thing. I mean, I'm I'm sure they have right. Like they probably have. Maybe he's making blockers too. Yeah, I mean, he's probably just like, nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you can't call me yeah. all the time. And and yeah. yeah, it's 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 a very it should be a, a, a very eye opening thing for everybody in that company. It should be an eye opening thing for for wrestling fans too to say, oh my god, what's going on? How uh, how's the thing in the um in the UK doing that stadium show? I haven't, I well, haven't they, followed they, it. They, the prices were in the that were utterly ridiculous, which was the big problem with that. Uh, they they overpriced the market and um, so so I don't know. I I think the theory is they'll eventually bring the ticket prices down and get people in the building, but people just couldn't afford the tickets. Okay. So you know you keep an eye on that too, but uh, again they're just chasing the biggest gates possible, right, which right, right, right. isn't the worst way to approach it. But um, it, it works a lot better when the product is hot and you have some stars, <laughs> which neither of those are the case right now. Um, despite so, the tweets. Yeah, despite the tweets about stars. Uh, well, it's, yeah, star-making performances every night. But, <laughs> right. um, Liz Morgan know. is just on, on a I – mean, she was doing – she was having star-making performances every night for, for like two straight months, which is wild. She's so. had a – she has <laughs> had enough star – like she would be the fucking rock by now if she had as many star-making performances – you would think that Liv Morgan is just like, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, you know, um, star you know, making promos, star making matches, star making, yeah. she never wins any of these matches. She always loses and doesn't win any titles, but yeah, she's, you know, they just throw that around though. I mean, the, the Cora Jade one will always be the best. <laughs> that is the great, what was, what was the context of that? What did she do? That was a star. I don't even remember. That was the NXT show where she scored the fall in the uh, war women's war. Games oh, right, right, right. <laughs> and it, it wasn't just dopey fucking like stand fans. It was wrestling media tripping over themselves to declare Cora Jade had a star making performance. And she wasn't, like, even special at all in the match. Like, she didn't really stand out. If she hadn't scored the fall, there'd truly be nothing that that made her stand above anyone else in the match. She scored the fall. 
She sold her arm a little bit, and then everyone declared it a star-making performance from Cora Jade. And it's like so unfair to Cora Jade, number one. She was fine in the match. She wasn't bad. She was just perfectly acceptable in the match. Everyone, you know all the sites. I don't need to, you get yeah, mad yeah. when I name them. You get mad when I name them. So I'm not, <laughs> I, yeah. You know, it's Wrestling Inc. You know, I'm not going to name them, you know, Fightful. Uh, I'm not going to name the sites. Uh, Daily, Daily know, DDT know, has, a, I'm Daily looking at the headline right now. Match. Cora Jade uh, had a star-making moment at NXT War Games. Yeah. Cora Jade's performance is one of the big talking points coming out of NXT War Games on Sunday. And she can become a future star. All right, star-making performance. She, the show I mean, did- She's not the show's wrong. Doing point, the show's doing point one ones. <laughs> no one cares about Cora Jade. Nobody who didn't care about Cora Jade before that match cares about Cora Jade now. Nobody watches the show. Less people watch the show now than were watching it before her star-making performance. Cage-side seats. God, that's the best example. That's that, the sorry. One. That was that was daily DDT. I do not want to besmirch. Isn't that the, uh, isn't that the same thing? They're they're somehow right. different. No, they are. Well, different whatever. Things. Daily DDT. <laughs> to be fair, the headline the, the headline says star making performance, but then the, uh, the the subhead says has the could become a future star. And I mean, well, anybody could there. become a future star. So yeah, they're not wrong. She could definitely become a future star. I. Certainly wouldn't bet on it. I think your your Santino Ferrucci bet has a more chance of becoming it's coming true than Laura Jade be, I, becoming a future star. But uh, I guess we'll. I can bang we'll Megan Fox one day too. Who knows? You get you know you, you keep you it alive. Keep the fingers. dream alive. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you cross your fingers. You know, listen. It's just that's the the prime example of that phenomenon of star making before. I don't think people know what it means. No, they just throw it around. Yeah. WWE has won that war. We always talk about the yeah. sports entertainment thing. That nobody calls it sport. Not one human being on earth says, hey, you go to the sports entertainment show this weekend. Or, hey, are you watching sports entertainment on television? They haven't won that war. They have won the call all wrestlers stars war. They did win that one. Because people now use that interchangeably with, like, yeah. slightly pushed wrestler. Or a star. Or a, yeah, a wrestler that wins is a star. Oh, that was a star performance. Wow, he's a star. That's a, She's a superstar. And it's like, no, no term that used to have real meaning Hulk Hogan star the rock star Steve Austin star you know what I mean like those are stars Cora Steve Austin Steve Austin with blood running down his face against Brett the Hitman Hart was a star making performance yes (laughs) can we stop throwing the term around every time like someone you like has a decent little match promo segment in the main event of rock yeah like, like you should. That term should really only be used like once a year, if that. If that. If that. I don't even know if it happens once a year. I, I was gonna say I don't think it should be used once a year. Star making performance. Yeah. As many times have we've heard that. <laughs> they still have none. We've heard it about Bianca Belair about a half a dozen times. Yes. You know, and she's way closer than Cora Jade, but I mean, you know. You you can you can instantly think of real star making performances, and there's a reason for that because there hasn't been a ton of them where you just that magic happens in that moment or that night. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know. So anyway, that was that's a uh, that's why WWE can't sell a fucking ticket because right. they don't have any star making performances, <laughs> despite constantly making star making performances. Yeah. 
There you go. So don't be moving money in the bank. So if you had tickets or travel or you bought a hotel or you bought a flight, well, make sure you get on that pre-sale Wednesday, June 1st so you can uh, not totally wait. You're going to Las Vegas, you know. I'd I'm say looking for, screw I'm looking the show. For Just go to Las Vegas. Hang out. I'm looking for NXT numbers from last November to compare to now. I, I, I think there's less people watching the show now. Yet all of these people on NXT keep having star-making performances. A lot of stuff. Nikita Lyons has a star-making performance yeah. on, on, a, on a bi-weekly basis, for sure. So. Bron Breakar and, and all, the whole gang. <laughs> the whole gang. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, all of them. <laughs> Carmelo Hayes. Um, Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo yeah. Hayes. Well, we all know he's named after Carmelo Anthony. Oh, how that's, dare you? How do you know? How do you know that? How do you know that? Uh, because Lennox McEnroe wasn't named after Lennox Lewis and 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 uh, and and Jim McEnroe, right? Yeah. John McEnroe. Jim McEnroe is an accountant from 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 Denver. Uh, John <laughs> McEnroe. Yeah. <laughs> Tyson Kidd had nothing to do with Mike Tyson. Nothing no. At all. no. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, out of nowhere so um i i did uh we should mention too that the money in the bank gimmick uh last year's money in the bank winner diggy so yeah another example of things not quite working out very well for the uh, money nah definitely not that was a star making performance too do you remember lennox mcenroe uh i'm trying to remember lennox mcenroe he was a he so he was he he was a uh, fcw guy right don't look it up. I, yeah, no, no, no. I know who that is. I'm pretty sure. Many years ago. Many isn't that Big ago. Daddy Yum Yum's like FCW Big name? Daddy Yum Yum, correct. Yes. Or, or what's it? Byron Wilcott. Byron Wilcott. I only know him as Big Daddy Yum Yum, and I feel sorry. Yes. That's not really. It's just, but Daddy who Yum. doesn't know him as Big Daddy Yum Yum? Yeah, Byron Wilcott. That was his FCW name, right? Yes. Lennox yeah. McEnroe. Yeah, there you go. He was there for a, there for a long time, the, wasn't the he? An amalgamation of two very different sports <laughs> figures yeah. into one. The name machine was really purring back then. Lennox McEnroe. So what's our boy Big Daddy Yum Yum up to these days? He's still, uh, yeah. is he still in Texas? Don't, still wrestling don't in search, Texas? Don't search it with speaking out. Don't oh, it. no, really? Yeah, leave it alone. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know. Never meet your heroes, right? Never meet your 260 pounds of pure milk chocolate. <laughs> That's how that man was announced. Uh, really? He got a little hot water. Oh, got... There's so many. I, man, I, I you forget them. Well, you can't I was, believe I was stuff, also on vacation know? during that period. So like you I were. only got like the top, top tier ones. Yeah. Yeah. I remember make, waking up like one random morning and just being like, what in the fuck has happened to pro wrestling? And like, so I only got like the top tiered ones. And yeah, Byron Wilcott slipped through the cracks, unfortunately. So darn it. Well, uh, you know, <sighs> run, run, run a little Google on that one if you yeah. want. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me slide it. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about it. I just want to see. Well, I, I'm looking at his cage match, and he did stop wrestling uh, in early 2020. So. Well, you know that would you do a not pick up post COVID <laughs> any more bookings. So yeah, well, I don't know. Awkward. Change the topic, Rich. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, God, uh, that is somebody money in the bank. It's moving. MGM Grand Garden Arena. So. All right, let's move on to uh, AEW Double or Nothing coming up this Sunday. I uh, just want to note that we are going to be doing an instant reaction live immediately following the show. It's on flagshippatreon.com, the $10 tier. Uh, we usually do it about, I don't know, about 10, 15 minutes after the show ends. We get all ready to go, uh, and we go live. 
sometimes an excruciatingly long review of, of Double or Nothing. So yeah, if you think we're going to get on there and it's going to be 15, 20 minutes, I uh, no, <laughs> it's us. So you know what it's going to be. Uh, and sometimes it is, ex- again, excruciatingly long, how uh, detailed, but it's detailed. We go into every single match. We give our ratings. We give a review. All that other stuff is, is there. Uh, and that'll be live immediately following Double or Nothing this Sunday. So make sure you're on that $10 tier, uh, flagshippatreon.com. Make sure you're ready to go. So do it right now if you need to. Um, don't wait till the final minute. Uh, we're going to go live about 10, 15 minutes after the show uh, this Sunday, flagshippatreon.com. A $10 tier. There's a great preview of the show right now up at uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com. Uh, and one last plug of here. If you are ordering the show on Fight, uh, please use VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Fight. You will pay the exact same price, but uh, we will get a small percentage uh, of every purchase. So it helps us out uh, tremendously. It's a good little chunk of change that uh, we can use to, to help spread uh, to everybody else that contributes to the website as well. So if you're ordering the show on Fight, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Fight. But uh, Joe... I did not listen to your Thursday tier reviews this week. We, you released it just before we went live on here. But uh, so, ex- excuse me if I bring up any points that you're going to bring up or if I'm, I'm making you repeat anything you brought up. But uh, overall, what are you feeling about Double or Nothing uh, right You know, now? There, it felt like a kind of a cold build uh, a couple weeks ago, but I think I'm pretty into this now after what I thought was a really, really good go home show uh, of Dynamite yesterday. Well, I played a game on the reviews. Do you want to? Can you you can participate if you like? Yeah, because I think I like games. Yeah, so what I what I did up behind uh, on on the uh, Thursday TV reviews is uh, because people have talked about the build to the show and and like you just mentioned, is it a cold build? Is it a good build? I went down the line every match and I assigned them a grade from one to ten. One being the worst build you've ever seen in all of your years watching wrestling. 10 being the gr- one of the greatest builds you've ever seen in the history of watching wrestling. And I assigned a number to each match. So let's see how close your number comes to my number and then argue about it if they're way off. There we go. All right, cool. Let's do it. Hookhausen versus Tony Nice and Smart Mark Sterling. <laughs> I, to, I can't lie. How has the build been for Hookhausen? Versus Tony Nese, Mark Sterling, one to ten. I can't lie; it's been pretty damn good. I, I, I don't. I'm not a, a Danhausen guy yet, uh, but I am a Hookhausen guy because it's got Hook. I would say about a solid six or seven. Uh, Rich, you have to pick a number. You can't. Okay. You can't say six or seven. I mean, six. what is this? All right, I went seven, so we're on the same okay. uh, page there. You it know, can't I, be a I, bad build when you build up to that handshake and the crowd just goes fucking ape shit for Hook and, and yeah, no, it's yeah. been solid. And they've done little subtle things over the last few weeks, so that's been a good build. Dan Housing got Tony Nese over. True. Yeah. I mean, think about that. So I'm not converting. No, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not converting yet. But long term with this too. I mean, they had Dan Housing stalking Hook for a while. They had Tony Nese stalking Hook, and then it all came together with one great angle. It's a great angle. That Tony Nese Danhausen match. So, um, House of Black versus Death Triangle. Eh. One to ten on the build. <laughs> uh, I, I think they've put a good effort into it, but my personal preference, I, I, I'm at about a two. I, I, I can't do it. Wow. Okay, just so we're clear, we're talking about the build. So the match, mm-hmm. not your personal preference, right? Okay, so not my. Oh, I, I have to leave complete personal preference out of this. Well, are you not not whether you're looking forward to the match, not whether you know just the. Ha, do I have ha, to give them credit for dumb spooky videos though? You can do whatever you like. No, I'm not getting. No, fuck them. They're not getting any credit too. 
Uh, I gave it a six. That shit sucks. Yeah. I, gave it a, I think they've put plenty of effort into it, even yeah. if it's not for me, was my <laughs> argument. Was my argument. I guess. The match is going to rock, though. The I match mean. will rock, yeah. Once the bell rings, I have no problem. But I just don't need any more spooky videos or... Just, I just yeah. want to see ass kickers that kick ass. It's it's not that much to ask. The match will rock. No, the match will absolutely rock. I, I'm positive of it. TBS title, Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay. 1 to 10 on the build. Uh, it's been a little rushed over the last few weeks, but I, I'd say a solid 5. I gave that one a 2. Okay, yeah. I feel like they just threw that match out there last week, and then this week they did like a pre-tape thing to kind of patched together a story that, yeah, that is true yeah i thought i thought the pre-tape was pretty good though and they did give it like a decent story like ah oh, she tried to beat me before but then she lost and now i've like yeah. learned under my proteges and now i'm ready to go like so i think they did a decent job of telling that story but no if if, if you've been watching every single week I, I i get your stance too i think they did a good job of that promo package so to me the build's been okay but yeah i, I get if you've if you're taking it in totality like it's a it's a literally a two-week build and, and really a one-week build let me put it to you this way. Two weeks ago, did anybody see this match coming? No. <laughs> so that, Not that's a single not person. Yeah. Um, okay, so let me ask you this, because this was a discussion I had with myself today behind the paywall. Does it matter? In other words, remember when Cody said on one of those uh, uh, media calls, he's like, look, not every match needs to have a lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a deep story behind it. Sometimes people just wrestle, right? And I firmly believe in that. You know, I think the top of the card, you got to have some good stories and have people invested and have relatable stories and get people invested. That matters for the top of the card. This is a prelim match. Who cares? Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They, again, that's another whole generational thing, too, because I see a lot of people being like, ah, oh, what's the story for this? What's the story for that? What's the story? I mean, it's like, dude, we grew up in pay-per-views where, like, half the cards were like, dude versus dude. And we're like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, why is this guy facing this guy? Whatever. Like, and you those know. pay-per-views did well. Yes, they did fine. Like, it, it, because the top of the card was where the money was yes. made. And the top of the card was what people cared about. And I think AEW has done a decent enough job of trying to tell a quote-unquote story in, 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 in every single one of these matches. But I don't think it's very necessary. I think you probably, and that's why I said, like, that's why I don't think I'm that down on this Cargill and the Jade thing. Because, like, yes, could have been built up for more weeks, probably. But I think they told a, a, a concise enough story when they really didn't even have to. They could have just said it. It's Anna Jay. But I think trying to tell a story of, hey, we faced each other before. Anna Jay's learned under some other wrestler. Yada yada. Like I think that's enough effort that you know I'm all right with. Look, I gave it a two, but I also don't care. Right, 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 right. I don't. I don't think this needs some kind of. It's a prelim match. Also, nobody in the universe thinks that Anna Jay's winning, so it's like you don't have to try that hard. No. You know, if Hangman Page just found out his opponent two weeks ago and they didn't do anything for it, I'd say, well, that's a problem because you're trying to sell the pay per view off of this. No one's buying the pay per view for this match. So. All right, so we've got Jericho Appreciation Society versus two-thirds of the Blackpool Combat Club, Eddie Kingston, and Proud and Powerful. One to ten on the build. I am at an eight. I like this build. I went eight. So uh, we're in a greens there. I think this has been good every week. Um, a lot of good moments in this build. I loved. I loved. Chris Jericho about to challenge them for a stadium stampede and Mox saying, I'm not was, doing that shit. I was about to bring up, I think seven of my eight was Mox doing, I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one of my all time yeah. favorite moments. It's just a perfect, like it, yeah. it, it's, 
exactly what I would want John Moxley to react like for that. Moment. No, like fucking kidding me? No, I'm not doing it. Get out of here. Yeah, like a sh- uh, like you could believe young... that he Jonathan Good would say the same thing too. Like absolutely. They probably, like yeah. they presented it to him backstage, and he goes, "No, nah, I ain't doing that shit, man. No, no, no." <laughs> like, yeah, and 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 the sports entertainers would want to do that match, <laughs> right, right? Like it all just works. It all is is such a great yeah. Moment. It's it's fantastic. That was such a great moment. That was such a great segment. If William Regal would have been able to spit out his line about sticking the toothbrush up his ass, what is wrong with him? Like, he was a good promo. He told you he was dying. You didn't listen. Nobody listened. He said he was dying. Remember when he came to AEW and said, I don't have that much longer to live? He (laughs) told you he was dying. (laughs) Okay, so if I'm understanding you right, your theory (laughs) is that. Please do not report anything. I'm joking. He's a bad promo because he's dying. Yeah, he told you. I I didn't say he's dying. Right. He said said he's dying. I don't know what happened. Like, I mean, we're all dying, but he specifically made a note of it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much longer I have to be on this earth. And we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, the fans don't know how to react. Or, uh, yeah, people really didn't, like, no one's really taken that as seriously as I think they should. The man thinks he's dying, right? Didn't he say it on the podcast? Right? <laughs> like, people are just kind of like, ah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Young Bucks versus the Hardy Boys. One to ten on the build. Uh, well, I don't watch uh, Being the Elite, so uh, zero. Wow, you're going off the board with the full zero. All right. Um, I went five on it. You know, Young Bucks side-eyeing the Hardys for weeks on in-ring segments. And then I thought the Hardys actually, I thought, well, Jeff didn't contribute much, but I thought Matt Hardy. <laughs> yeah, Matt did a good promo. Jeff did not. Jeff did a good promo. Jeff, go away. I I hate Jeff Hardy, dude. Go away. Never this is that. another example, though. Do we really need a thousand backstage segments and everything else for Young Bucks versus Hardy? No, just go out me? there and, and do your shit. Do some flips. Do some kicks. Yeah. I mean, this is two generational tag teams from two different generations, probably wrestling for the last time. Probably wrestling for the only time in this company. Again, do we need lore? Do we need a huge backstory? Do we need a thousand angles and a million backstage segments for this? No, you don't. I don't think we do. Right, which is why I think that, you know, I, despite my zero, like, I still think, like, it, yeah, it, it's not, again, I'm not upset about that because I would rather TV time be devoted to a lot of these other matches. I'd rather TV time be devoted to Paige and, and Punk and MJF and Wardlow and those sort of things. Matches that I think are, are improved by having more build. Whereas, yeah, it's the Bucks versus the Hardys. It's kind of, it's a challenge match. It's, it's, it's a team inspired by another team. They face each other before. It's, it's, it's the old versus the new, the current versus the, like, yeah, it, it tells its story on its own. You don't really need a whole lot of, I didn't need the Hardys getting run over by cars. I didn't need the young yeah. bucks turning, you know, you know, screwing them over in a title match or whatever. We don't need all that. It's, it's the bucks and the Hardys. Like, it's fine. Like, yeah, despite no, my zero, I don't, cause at the end of the day, it's like the Hardys was the bucks. It's fine. You know? And this is what we talked about earlier. I think the WWE fan needs that. Yeah. Mm-hmm or they feel cheated in some way, or they can't understand. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, in this case, I don't need that. Um, but, but in the Jericho appreciation society match, I, that's, they did do all that stuff and it worked. Yeah. Like for that match, like this, this, this match, we understand why it's happening and what we don't need the angle. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I don't need, you know, Matt Jackson to throw a fireball at Jeff Hardy. Like that's not no. going to do anything for this match. Right. 
I do, in fact, need Chris Sher to go throw fireballs at random people backstage, though. That I need. And call himself a wizard. I can't get <laughs> right. enough of that. That's the best. It's so good. When he's on, he's still the best. You know, it's, it, you know. Um, Thunder Rosa versus The Professor, Serena Deep. One to ten on the uh, bill. Uh, four. All right. So I gave this a two. And I struggled with this one because clearly there was a ton of effort put into this build. Yeah. The execution was horrendous. So, like, you have to mark off for that. The promos were terrible. The segments were bad. Deeb cannot talk. She is exhibit A of needing a manager. Thunder Rosa tries her best and is getting better, and I will give her credit. I thought this week's promo was good. She was really good. She was really good this week. There was fire. There was passion. You felt emotion behind it. It was the best segment out of all of which is very low bars of all the segments building to this. But they put a lot of effort in. But I really think Tony put both of these women in a terrible position, putting them in front of live crowds every week to talk when neither one of them are very good at talking. And most of the segments died to death as a result. But I have to give it a two because the execution was so poor. Yeah. Uh, the the segment the week before was with Dustin and Serena keep, kept droning on and on because she was losing her. She was clearly nervous. What do we always say? When wrestlers lack confidence, the audience sees right through Oh, you shit. could see it, it, you, it, you, it's the most obvious thing when a wrestler doesn't yeah. have that. And 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 it's it's painful when for it's them. Fake. It's painful for the crowd. It's painful for the yeah. viewer. It's the worst thing ever when you watch a wrestler that doesn't have confidence. Yeah. Or when there, it's fabricated confidence. You yeah. see right through it. Um, so, yeah, I gave it a two for that reason because it's, it's been awful. The execution has been awful. And I think they're going to have a really good match. I do. Provided Thunder Rosa, because everyone's saying she's hurt and all that. And, you know, So if she's healthy enough to have a good match, I think they will have a good match. Um, I skipped the Owen finals because, I mean. Yeah, no, I, I, those aren't fair. I don't think you, it, it's a tournament. A tournament finals. I mean, what build are we supposed to, you know what I mean? Like. I don't know. So those I don't think apply. Um, Team Taz versus the Jurassic Express versus uh, uh, Swerve Strickland. I've been saying Swerve Scott behind the paywall. Uh, Me too, and and I don't know why I keep saying It was only Swerve Scott for like six months. I know him as so many other names. Yeah. The one I should never know is Swerve Scott. Yeah, that's the one I go to right away. I should know him as Shane Strickland. I should know him as Swerve. I should know him as Swerve. I know him as, I always say Swerve Scott now. I I wouldn't have ever said Swerve Scott that many times either. No. Like how many times did we talk about Swerve Scott on this show? Almost never. Compared to the times we talked about Shane Strickland. but Right. I think if he were Shane Strickland, we would never say Shane Scott. But because he's Swerve Strickland, I have that moment of doubt in my brain. Every time I say Swerve, I have to stop and think to get it right. It's weird. Even though he was Shane Strickland for years and years and years. Um, Anyway, three-way tag team title match. One to ten on the build for this three-way tag team title. Uh, I think I kind of like it, but I can't. I can't go more than seven, but I, I think it's been pretty good. I'm, I'm going to go seven. I went seven. I w- and oddly enough, I would have went eight if Jurassic Express weren't in the match and it wasn't for the titles. <laughs> yeah, they, they feel like non-fair. I'd rather just watch Keith Lee and Swerve versus Team Taz, to be honest. But I mean, because I think that's been one of the better mid-card feuds in all of wrestling this year. The Team Taz versus Strickland 
and Keith Lee stuff. Every segment's red hot. Um, and, you know, they kind of worked the Land of the Lost Geeks into the mix here and got the titles, you know, because, you know, Starks had the really good match with Jungle Boy on TV. I thought the three-way this week was notebook material. I, I don't know what you thought. Did you see that match? I did, yeah. That, that was really good. I mean, I thought that was a great match. I thought it was even better than O'Reilly and, and Samoa Joe. I thought oh, it was for sure. Went through two segments, right? It was a three. It went long. It was a long. I, I don't have the exact time. No, I don't think it, it, no, I don't think it went through any set. I, I mean, it was a good match. commercial right? break for sure. Oh, it did go through one. You're right. Because yeah. uh, they did the spot where Starks came off the apron and missed the stomp on Strickland's head. And the fan he said, said, he said something to a fan. What, did, did you catch what he said? Yeah, I did. The fan, the fan yelled, you missed, right? To be a wise guy. Uh-huh. Since Starks, <laughs> you know, Starks rail. didn't let that like, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was like, I'll, I'll come over this rail and I won't miss, you know, you know. So that kind of deal. And then uh, that was during the picture in picture. So you're right; it did go through one commercial break. But it's a great match. Um, so it's not like, look, I think the ta- the three way tag is going to be a great match. But I feel like all of the heat was between the other two teams, and now we have this. Do you think they'll pull the trigger on the Christian Jungle Boy thing? <sighs> I think they they probably should at this point because I think everyone's ready. I, I, I feel like everyone's apprehensive to get into Jurassic Express because they just know this turn is coming. Like, everybody yeah. knows. Everybody. I have even my most casual AEW watching friends are like, hey, what's Christian going to turn? I'm like, I know. I don't know. <laughs> They've been asking me for three months. I'm like, because I told them four or five months ago that he's going to turn on him. And they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Now, every single week, they're like, hey, uh, is he turned on him yet? And I was like, no, not yet. And they're like, well, what is he going to do? I don't know. <laughs> At some point, maybe. But it doesn't feel like I, – I, maybe I'm missing it, but have we had enough, like, pointing in that direction yet to, to really I, – I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that we've well, had enough I in mean, that direction, but you got to do it at some point. Christian just now started to give him weird looks, but – AEW is not a promotion where they tip it off like that. They won't telegraph it the way that we're used to in other companies. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is I want one of these other. I want the titles to change hands. I don't care what team wins them. I agree. Very long in the tooth on Jurassic Express. I'm I'm ready for someone else. Yeah, I think Strickland and Keith Lee have formed a really great tag team. I mean, I've watched all their matches, even the YouTube pervert stuff. Um, they've They've looked good on TV. Starks and Hobbs are, are have, you know, I think Starks really is peaking right now, both in the ring and with his confidence. And Hobbs is really coming along nicely. You know, and, and I'd be happy with either of those teams winning the titles and then continuing their feud, maybe. You know, without the other team in the mix. Because maybe if you do do the Christian angle now, then that gives Jungle Boy something else to do. I don't know what you do with the fucking dinosaur guy at that point, but I guess you figure that yeah. out. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Christian, I guess, can beat the dinosaur to heat up a match against the Jungle Boy. Um, did you see Will Ospreay? I don't know if he caught this. He was tweeting about, or, or maybe it wasn't a tweet, but he said somewhere that he wants to wrestle Jungle Boy. Now, I don't know if that's him planting seeds for Forbidden Door or him just talking casually. But a lot of times, look, there's a big show coming up. This is what wrestlers do, yeah. right? Yeah, they all, so jockey, I, they all jockey for positions, fantasy book in their, in their heads. and Yeah, yeah. Get, in the, so, get in the bloodstream. At the same time, Osprey talked a lot of shit about wanting to wrestle Marafuji 
at Wrestle Kingdom, and they didn't give him that match. So he might not be. So we he has a history of kind of just trying to book his own fantasy matches that may not necessarily be what is actually planned. But I just thought it was interesting that that that's the guy he picked, you know. And obviously, they could have a great match. Like, you know, Jungle Boy is someone who I'm always like, I see him on the match lineup, and I'm I'm always like, eh, Jungle Boy. But then he has a good match. Yeah, you know, I can't yeah. deny that he has good matches. But I'm never excited about his matches. It's just I don't know. I, I, I get that. I, I I get that. Yeah, I'm always I'm always underwhelmed going in and usually overwhelmed when he leaves. Cause I'm like, man, that was a great ass match. He's yeah. getting better, better every year. But yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, I just, I, I hope there's a title change. We'll see. Um, MJF and the Wardlaw one oh. to 10 on the build Ten for me. One of the easiest tens I'll ever give out in my life. I mean, how is this not a 10? They built it over the course Okay, they've been building this since day one of the company. <laughs> Literal day one. one of the company, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the last, when did they do the breakup? Three months ago or something? I don't know. Uh, Whatever. Yeah, so, the yeah. last three. Yeah, so whenever they did the, the thing where he stuck the ring down for CM. The last pay-per-view, right? When he put the ring down for Punk. Right, right. And Punk took the ring. So it'd be, you know, three, four months ago or whatever. Even without the benefit of a three-year build. The three-month build would be a 10. But this shit goes back to day one of the fucking company. I mean, this is just an easy one. I want you to I want your opinion on this. I feel like MJF is so good at building to his pay-per-view matches that they're kind of running into a problem. And I don't know if it's necessarily a problem, but they're kind of running into a problem where his pay-per-view matches threaten to outshine the main event going in, this is like three, four pay-per-views in a row. Do you see what? what like, you uh, no, I, I, I do, and yeah, there, there's. I mean, and sometimes his matches do that as well. I mean, remember the the MJF Darby Allen match from from uh, man, what was I forget the exact yeah, yeah. Uh, pay-per-view that was. Uh, we we spent like an hour on that match alone <laughs> in doing one of our reviews. Yeah, it is. It, I I guess it's a. I, is it a good problem to have or a bad problem to have? I don't know. I, I that's. I mean, how many pay-per-views have you said to yourself? When you know a couple days out from the show, man, is is the MJF match the biggest match on this show, or is it the title yeah. match? No, I, I mean I go into pretty much every major AEW show thinking I can't wait to watch MJF versus whoever that person is. So, uh, no, yeah. you, you're absolutely right. And, and usually when you, we do these previews, uh, it comes across very obviously in these previews too that how hyped we are uh, for the MJF match, and maybe not so much as hyped for the uh, the championship matches. And I don't want to say it and kind of spoil what's going to happen here in a bit with the the Page Punk thing. Uh, but no, no, very, very, very often. I would say more times than not, I, I'm most excited for the MJF match going into a pay-per-view. And that's, like you said, yeah, I don't know. That's either a really, really good problem to have or uh, a bad problem. I don't know if that speaks ill of, you know, Paige or it speaks ill of this or does whatever or just speaks to how great MJF is. I, I don't know. It, it all Maybe all of the above. Yeah, it's just, he's just, you know, he's a student of the game. He's old school in all the right ways. And the, the cage match last night just, man, I felt like I was watching a territory. You know what I mean? I felt like I was watching the kind of thing that made me fall in love with pro wrestling. Yep. Mm-hmm. He, he makes me re-fall in love with pro wrestling every single week when I watch him. And that same exact match with the same exact beats could have been awful with different participants. We'd be on here mocking it right now. Ah, it was so corny. He gets hit with the chair and 
you know, what's the logic behind him being like we, you know, but with the story they've told for three years and the fact that it's him and he's so good at everything and the word law has been perfect from start to finish with this thing too. It was just magic. It was great. Yeah, it was even a the secondary guys. Movie. I think Spears has been awesome in this build, Spears too. Spears has been awesome, and I'm tired of people picking on that guy. He's never going to be a main eventer, so what? He's great in his That's role. fine. You don't have to need some main event WrestleMania. It's cool. Jeez, I mean, you, you, you would think that this guy is like, I don't know, like pick someone with like maximum go-away heat. I mean, like, he's always been fine in his role in this company. He's gone stretches where he hasn't been on TV like for six months. What? Why does this man get under people's skin so much to where they're like, ah, oh, Sean Spear? Like, I don't understand. He's been great in this angle. A very instrumental part. And he was great last night. Um, Now, that thing he did with Tully Blanchard where he had Tully Blanchard's face on his underwear, that was the worst <laughs> thing the company ever did. Right. Well, yeah. They're not all like, wins. They're not all wins. That doesn't get enough attention. Like, people talk about Brandy's spooky goth stable, which was awful. People talk about the Dark Order, the infamous Dark Order attack at the end of that December 2019 dynamite, which made Tony Khan refocus his energy. That was awful. People talk about, you know, whatever they, you know, any other terrible angles or things that didn't work in AEW. My vote still goes to whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> I still don't know what we, I still don't what know were we supposed to think. I still yeah. don't know. It like, was, it was beyond ever, my wrestling comprehension. I it, it was on a level that even I can't comprehend. Yeah, because these other things were just angles or stables that didn't. <laughs> right. And that's going to happen from time to time, right? Like, yeah, you're going to miss. You're going to you're going to miss on some. Uh... It's going to be stuff that doesn't get over. That's going to happen. I still don't even know why he had Tully Blanchard's face on his cock, <laughs> on his underwear. Like, I don't understand why. Did he have? Are we supposed to think he had a crush on Tully Blanchard? Are we supposed to think like what were we supposed to think? And then it was never addressed again. Thankfully, yeah, they they thankfully were like, "What was that? Let's never do that again." Yeah, I, that I, was I, the, I don't know. That was not only the worst thing they've ever done; it was the corniest thing. That was the most WWE thing that AEW has ever done. Was Tully Blanchard's face <laughs> on Sean Spears' underwear, on like the dick part of the underwear? I mean. It was very bizarre. Yeah, and the I put uh, that ahead of the mimosa match. Yeah, oh yeah, the mimosa match. So the uh, the dinner, whatever the fuck dance thing with Jericho and MJF, which was dinner, well done, but I hated whatever, it. Yeah, I hated which, it. by the way, lost viewers as it moved along. I mm-hmm. do you know I still have that saved on my phone, the minute by minute viewership. Yeah, as you should, as you should, always. Debonair. Yeah. Um, I put it ahead of uh, you know anything you could think of in terms of. The most recent, like, re- but again, it's more of like a weird thing that, and like, I, I get why they did it. They just needed to jump ahead, and they didn't really want to spend any time with it. It also really to Tully Blanchard it was the weird like FTR breaking up with Tully Blanchard thing. Because one day they were just like, "Why do we? Let's get this Tully Blanchard thing out of here. Like, let's just do this." And they just have a segment. They're like, "Family matters to us. Tully family doesn't matter to you. You got to get out of here." <laughs> He's just yeah. done. You know, and we're like, "All right, I, well, what was that about?" But, yeah, but I get I, it. They just wanted to get Tully out, and they didn't really want to spend any time. Telling this story, so they just, other than just not having him show up and then just pretending that he wasn't actually a manager of that team, they were just like, I don't know, in 15 seconds, come up with something, guys, go. All right, you're out. Cool, bye. I think it was a combination of wanting to turn FTR and also 
Tony bought Ring of Honor like a, a couple days earlier and wanted to move Tully over there to manage Cage and and the new tag team. Right, right, right. So they just rushed it. They're just like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll just fire him on the spot. You know, you know, Fine. we won't fire with me. Um, because he remember he's got that fucking tag team. Oh yeah, that he's managing in Ring of Honor, and he's got Cage. So they're moving him over there. Um, but yeah, that was awful. But but Spears has been great here, and Spears he does have a disproportionately great entrance for a guy who's like a lower mid carder. I know. I wish it wasn't um, so cool. Maybe that's one of the problems that he comes out and he looks good. The entrance is cool. The music is cool. The gear is cool. And then like the bell rings and you're like, oh yeah, it's just Sean Spears. But yeah, he's like, he's just a guy, but it's like, he's the problem is he's catching up from that first, like he, he was put in like a mega spot right off the bat. Yes. And I think a lot of people in maybe felt embarrassed or let down because they were thinking, oh wow, he's going to show that they yeah. fucked up with this guy. Like, this yeah. guy was a nothing on their roster, and now here he is. And then remember that first pay-per-view, that bell rang, yep. and he was just a dude. And you're like, oh, all right, never mind. He's still yeah. he's just a dude. Okay. And yeah. that's fine. Just a dude is perfectly fine. I don't mind him being just a dude. And he can sometimes elevate beyond just a dude. But, yeah, there, there were, I think maybe people felt burnt by that, thinking that, oh, yes. wow, look at this. AEW found a right. diamond in the rough here. And, and then he was not much better than Ty Dillon. Then he was still 10 guy. Yeah. But the thing is – if you utilize just a dude in the right ways, then a jag can be beneficial right, to exactly, you. Exactly, exactly. And they've slotted him properly and put him in the proper spots ever since. Yeah, he's a heater. You know? He's just a heater at this point, which is fine. Yeah, he's always, no matter what stable he's in, he's always like the fourth guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, I, I don't understand what's so offensive about his presence. I would get it if he's being pushed. But he's not, he hasn't been pushed since that Cody match. And to be fair, the angle to set up that match was awesome. I mean, that was that was great pro wrestling. It just like you said, the match didn't work. And you know what? Instead of forcing it, they haven't pushed him since. No. <laughs> so what's the beef? He looks good. He's t- he looks major league. He has a good entrance, and he does what he's asked very well. So I I don't know that. I didn't know I was going to spend time defending Sean Spears. Yeah, this is, we've spent more time on Sean Spears than anything else uh, on Double or Nothing. But uh, yeah, in conclusion, MJF Wardlow, uh, 10 out of 10 build for me. I, I, I cannot wait for this match. I absolutely love it. Um, I think MJF's been masterful. I think Wardlow's been great. I think letting us wait this long to get it as well. I love, yeah. you know, there was always, the, we were wondering this. I mean, dude, I was at, I was live at Revolution 2020. I was live at a pro wrestling show <laughs> pre-pandemic being like, yeah, I think they're, they're right on the edge of doing it. <laughs> like they might do it tonight. Like, and we waited two more years to do it and it was w- worth the wait because yeah, Wardlow's better off for it. MJF is better off for it. It's just, yeah, it, it's working in all the right ways. And uh, I, you know, as far as the finish, I don't, I don't know if we're even done with it. I think we might see it again. Like it's not, I, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of ways they can go with this. I mean, MJF is, is is great at weaseling out of things. Wardlow, you don't necessarily want him to take a loss, but this might be a good opportunity to give him that one loss and make it feel kind of like a chicken shit win for MJF. I think there's a lot of directions they can go, and I don't think I'd be upset with really any of them. So we got the exact quote that Ricky Stark said to that fan after the fan said, you missed. Are you ready? Yeah, what do you got? Uh, Ricky leaned over the rail and said, your daddy should have missed when he came in your mom. <laughs> So there you go. That's according to our chat. So um, I don't know if we're 
if that's if the misquoting, I apologize, yeah, yeah. but sure sounds accurate. That sounds like something the strip uh, daddy would say. Yeah. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, people got wound up last week because the uh, the Stephanie McMahon Gracias thing was apparently a viral tweet that either you or I knew about, and they got mad at the guy in the chat. But the, I do have to say that the guy in the chat, once we said it on the show, he said in the chat that was a tweet. He's like, I didn't think of that. But we didn't say that because we figured, well, who would fucking care? Well, rich people care. People care. People stop being weird. Just stop yeah. being weird. Who cares? Okay, it, it's not a big deal. All that week. The, I can't believe you guys have ever seen this meme. <laughs> like I, I never saw it. I only want to tell you. I was unaware. Thirty-five times a day. Okay, for but, like a week straight, people say, ah, "I can't believe." Yeah. Frank, be fuck fair. you! You, I can't believe you didn't tell them that it was that. He's like, I did. You know. Yeah. So apolo- I apologize to Frank. Yeah, he did say in the chat. Now, to be fair, no one was mad at us because I saw one tweet specifically that said the hosts weren't aware of the meme. We weren't. Yeah. We didn't know the meme. I know. I wouldn't have brought it up if I was aware of it because it would have been something I laughed at whenever the meme came out. You know what I mean? So the, the, we didn't get accused of perpetrating the ruse. They were accusing this poor listener, this Frank. <laughs> no, that he was taking credit for this joke. <laughs> no, yeah, he really wasn't. He in the chat said, yes, that was a, a tweet. I didn't, that wasn't, you know, but I just didn't, we didn't bring it up. But anyway. Um, so stop so being Frank, weird, people. Don't be weird. Frank's off the hook. Frank's off the hook. Leave Frank alone. Frank. Uh, you know, Dirty Frank, he's a nice guy. Dirty Frank. Um, it's Pearl Jam song. It's Pearl Jam song. Dirty Frank. Um, we don't know that he's a nice guy. That's true. He's he a 10 hour subscriber, so I mean, he's good in my book, but. Oh, he is? Oh, he's a good guy then. Well, no, I, he's good in my book. That doesn't mean he's a good guy. You know. I just like guy. his money. I just like his. Man. A That's soulless brutal. capitalist show. <laughs> Rich is working stiff again. <laughs> I'm sure he's um, very nice. He he was very apologetic and was like, "Ah, oh, I told him <laughs> I stole it from Twitter or something." Like, leave this guy alone. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! We just—it um, was a bit. We were making fun of a bit. <laughs> Calm down. It was funny. Um, speaking of soulless capitalists, that brings us to Hangman Page versus CM Punk. Rich Hangman Page last night. Uh, while cutting a promo on Punk, said workers' rights, and then didn't follow up on it. What the fuck was he talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Not sure. What did that mean? He's starting a union, I guess, in the AEWs. I don't know. Like, why did he yell workers' rights in CM Punk's face? I, I that completely lost maybe, me. Maybe and Punk's like, anti-union, and, and we're supposed to know that, or something. I don't know. It just annoyed me. I, I <laughs> just it, it didn't go anywhere. Like it was, just it said, was a little odd. Yeah, it didn't make because the rest of that promo I thought was money, but there was a, a, a definitely a, a strange part of that. Okay, so before I ask for your score, there's been a lot of people saying leading up to this week that they don't understand why Hangman Page is so mad at CM Punk. Okay, right? but then well, I this understand week, this. I, Do you understand that? Well, well, my whole thing was well. Hangman Page, this is Hangman Page Challenger, and he doesn't want to lose his title to this guy. Right. So he's like, no, fuck this guy, right? Like, I, I don't need a reason for him to be super mad at CM Punk. It's just, he's the next champ. But put that aside, because this week they then explained it. They got, they did the face-to-face. Punk said, hey, look, man, I don't know why you're so mad at me. 
I'm the number one contender. I'm here to win titles and make money. And this is business. And then Paige starts making a lot of sense. He's like, well, you came here and you're taking people's spots and you're getting all this attention and I don't like you. And you're not going to win my title. Then he randomly said workers' rights for some reason, and that didn't go anywhere. So other than that little part that didn't make any sense, they kind of explained. They finally explained why Hangman Page is super mad at this guy, and it's not just because he's the next challenger. He feels like Punk is just this big shot coming in, and Page has been here since day one, and he don't appreciate it. So that was my read on it after last night. Was right. that your read on it? Uh, so my read's a, it's similar but a little bit different as well. I, I also think that there was, uh, especially towards the end of that promo, uh, I thought some poignant stuff from, from Paige, and that's, I think, what we're supposed to get out of the story is that, you know, Paige made allusions to, like, hey, what you are in front of here, this, you know, happy-to-be-here guy, that's not what you are back there. Kind of alluding to the fact that, you know, you can say, hey, I'm just happy to be here, and now I'm just loving life. But I think the illusion is that Punk, or, or the, the accusation is that Punk is still an asshole. You know what I mean? At, mm. at the end of the day, back there, you know, not, not necessarily Vince Russo, like, in that yeah, back, yeah, you know, like, but, yeah. but kind of saying, like, you come out here all happy-go-lucky, but, you know, I don't buy it. These people don't buy it. We know, you know, you're still an asshole, and you know you're still an asshole. And you know when you go back there, you still have, you got your own dressing room, you got your own stuff. And that's, I, I think, a nice little blend of, of reality and and. And how I don't know how much reality that is. I don't know if there's truly people back there uh, that are upset about punk or annoyed about punk or whatever. Maybe there is a few people that, that are a little bit annoyed about it. It's it, very possible there is. But I think that's also the other wrinkle of that, too, is not just that, hey, you come in here, you take our spots, you do all this sort of stuff, you make the most money. But also that, hey, you, you act like you're happy-go-lucky, happy to be here. But I know that that's not you. I know deep down you're still an asshole. I know deep down you're still selfish and you're still this, you're still that. Like, so that was kind of because he would say, you know, he kept saying in that promo, there's there's things I could say about you, but I'm not going to. And everybody's like, you should say what the thing. How do you, we don't know what he's the thing is. It's like, just let subtlety exist. <laughs> like, it's okay. He doesn't have to say the thing. But he's, I think in no uncertain terms, he was kind of saying, hey, I know that you're still an asshole. And, and, and yeah, you, you're not fooling me. And you're not fooling anybody coming out here and smiling and, 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 shaking Tony Schiavone's hand all the time and being happy, you know, deep down, you're still a miserable asshole, you, you know, and I, I think that's a pretty you're fun... You're still CM Punk. Right, you're, you're still, still deep down, you're still CM Punk, yeah. and I know you're still CM Punk. I think a lot of that, that, that you know, and I guess they did, maybe didn't do a great job of doing that throughout the, the course of the bill, but I thought on this week they definitely honed that in. That, no, you know, listen, I thought this week they knocked it out of the park with the exception of the workers' rights comment, which still makes no sense to me. So... If someone can explain that, the one. No, saying it was something that he said on Twitter, but I, as, again, I not being on Twitter, I have no fucking clue. So I don't you know. You know what? I was, on yeah. I was gonna say if someone could explain the workers' rights, com- but you know what? Never mind. I don't want it explained to me. Now that I think about it, I don't care what the workers' rights comment was. It was just dumb. We got this guy here, uh, Brandon Van Diemen. This is a listener who wrote a very thoughtful comment on the Patreon, and I think he has a good theory too. Yeah, which is right. actually a little different than yours and mine. Are you ready? Yep. I feel very confident that Hangman vs. Punk is supposed to be that Hangman is ultimately still insecure despite all the progress he has made, and he feels threatened and insulted by Punk calling him out and also taking away from his the spotlight from him. It's kind of, and this is the interesting part. I this one, th- this next part, I, I I think is very interesting. He says, and I quote, "It's kind of like a one-sided rivalry that you have sometimes, and you see in real life." where one person may have a big problem with another person while the person that is on the receiving end of those feelings has no ill will towards the other person. Did that make sense? 
Sort like a, of, yeah. Like, a, like, did you have? I've had those. Have you ever had like a one-sided rivalry? Oh, yeah, like I'm upset about like, somebody, and I'm obsessed about somebody. And they don't think about me for one fucking second of yes. their life, and I'm like, ah, that asshole. Oh, he's thinking about like, no, I have that Joe every day of my life. I'm thinking that guy fucking hates me. That guy's doing this because he, you know, yeah. no, none of these people give a shit about me. Like I'm irrelevant to their yeah. life. But yeah, I everyone has everyone has that person they cut a promo on in the shower. Yeah, yeah. But that person never thinks about <laughs> never you. thinks about you. Yeah. Right, and I, I think that's a that's good a good theory. yeah so, that's 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 a smart yeah that, that I like that. So he goes on. He says an example of this is somebody being the top of their class going into the last year of school before the new kid comes in and is a threat to take their spot. The kid that is in the top spot has no reason to feel like that person is going after them personally. But if that is what the kid mainly identifies himself as as the smart kid, it would make sense he feels and would dislike the new kid. It that's a good thought. I think he's on the right track there. That could be part of this of what we're supposed to think with this story too. So I, I, I wanted to give that a read on the air. Cause I read that earlier today and I thought it was pretty smart. So um, something else I wanted to throw at you though. Actually, you know what? You want to give your one to 10 score here? Uh, yeah. So after, after the promo on dynamite, I'm 10, I'm 10 out of 10. Cause wow. I, I thought that was molten hot. I, I love that promo. I thought that was really, really good stuff. I thought page came across super confident punk came across confident, but also like, and that's that's where why my stance on on the, on the whole build is that Paige is trying to kind of say, "Hey, Punk, look deep down, you know who you are," because that's how I I came across where Paige during a lot of this build felt like a very insecure, like uh, you know, un, un uneasy about his position, and felt like Punk was threatening. But on this night, he was like, "No, no, no, I'm bringing the offensive to you. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> you know, you're a miserable asshole. I know you are. I'm the champ. You're not going to be able to take me down or whatever." And I think you saw that in the punch and all that sort of stuff. So I like that idea of it. I like the idea that maybe Punk is going to have to reach in and become a miserable asshole to win this match, or that Paige is just going to be more confident on this night and be able to deliver. So yeah, I I, I thought that promo was knock out of the park great. Uh, so I'm ten out of ten for that one as well. So I was eight out of ten, but I took off a point and went to seven for the workers' rights. <laughs> You're still upset, so upset I, about it. I just hated that. Like it didn't make sense. Uh, it, it was he never expand. Like I was waiting for him to expand on it, and he never did. And then he just punked punt. He punched punk in the face, which was good. Um, but yeah, I I, I still don't know what that meant, and I did nick him a point for it. You know, I also have a theory when it comes to AEW and Tony Khan. And I know I've said this on the air before, and I think it applies to this feud and this build. I think sometimes Tony Khan has an idea in his head and lays it out and collaborates with the wrestlers involved. And I think sometimes Tony Khan's own headcanon fills in gaps for him personally that don't translate to the screen and that, that, that don't end up being presented for the viewer. Because when I heard Tony Khan talking about this feud on the media call today, he had all these little details and ideas of that what that what Hangman Page was thinking, you know, when he was speaking in kayfabe, talking about what Hangman Page thinks of Punk and all this, and it all made sense to me. But I was like, this never came across on my television, none of this. So I think Tony is a very creative guy who has all this in his head, and sometimes I think the the thoughts in his head never get to the screen. And I don't think he may even realizes that sometimes that's the case because in his own mind, he's satisfied with the story because he's been telling it to himself for weeks. But the problem is sometimes the stories never get to us, not in the way that he's thinking about them in his head. Right. Yeah. And you've made that point before. Yeah. And I think there's some of that with this feud. 
Um, you know, so I, so I, I don't know. Um, I did go seven. Like, like I, I'm just the workers' rights thing. Rich, what the fuck? I, I don't. What? What? That was so random. Like, I, yeah, I I'm, I'm, I'm trying to follow it, and I guess it's some Twitter thing, but I don't really care enough to follow it. The anymore, last so. thing I want is my world champion ass kicker to be some fucking Twitter commie. I yeah, have no right. Interest <laughs> Especially this week when he was so. Yeah, but he's, he was pretty fucking awesome this week too. So I think he was making fun of Punk for because Punk was tweeting about workers' rights or whatever. So I think Paige was telling him you're too on Twitter. I, I think in fact it was the opposite. Paige telling Punk he's too on Twitter. Is that what he meant? I think so. I, again, I don't need that. <laughs> you're so hung up on it. Just tell me you're gonna beat the guy up. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't want you incorporating. Twitter shit into your wrestling st- that's the last thing I want uh, that's very off-putting to me I, I I don't know not for me um I, know, I can't see Stan Hansen ever doing that like, <laughs> no Stan Hansen can you, you imagine I mean? Stan like, Hansen I, on Twitter no get out of here no he's just gonna spit his fucking chaw at you and tell you he's gonna break your neck he's not gonna you know talk about you know workers rights I I, I can't take it rich just get in the ring and fight. My God. <sighs> Irritates me. Um, so Khan says they already did a $1.1 million gate. So the show is obviously a uh, massive success from that standpoint. Now the buy rate. Revolution did 170000 give or take. Last year, Double or Nothing did 140000 give or take. Uh, my read is they will crush last year's number and, and once again continue their streak of having year-over-year pay-per-view growth. I think the better question for you is will they top the Revolution 170? One se- no, I think they're going to be just under that. I, if I had to make a prediction right now, I would put them at about 155, 160, somewhere in that range. I think it's a tough, it's a tough weekend. Uh, it, it's a holiday weekend. There might be people doing stuff. There might be people traveling. There might be some other reasons why people are not necessarily around and ready to buy a wrestling pay-per-view. I, I still, I agree with you that it's going to beat last year's double or nothing, but I don't think it's going to beat revolution. I think it's either going to come just under it or yeah, somewhere in that 155, 160 range just feels kind of right for me. I think they're going to beat it. I think this pay-per-view is going to do well. I think that, uh, that punk hangman is the biggest possible title match that they can do for hangman. Cause punk is their biggest star. I think the MJF Wardlaw match feels big, and um, I I think that uh, I I think they're going to beat the one. I, I look, I, they're a short. They're they're going to beat the one forty. That I'm not. Oh no no, they're going to blow uh, with Punk being in there, Punk and Page uh, as yeah. the main event. You know, Punk going for the title, no doubt. And then yeah, you had MJF and Wardlow. Yeah, no no doubt in my mind. They could put anything else on that show. And, and... yeah, I don't think they're going to crush it, but I think I think they're going to top it. And then from there we'll move on and and. Um, We'll have an, uh, a baseline for Forbidden Door. Okay, so this workers' rights thing. So somebody in the Discord says that the workers' rights thing workers. Hangman said was in reference to Punk's tweets about workers' rights. And he didn't effectively tie it back to this, how Punk is a hypocrite for saying yes. that right. while taking everyone's spot. Right. The idea is that you you say all of this about workers' rights, yet you get paid more than all of us. You get your special dressing room. You get all this sort of stuff. Well, that's how it works. Stars make more money. What's what's hanging? Well, I don't See, know. 
See, to me, it's got you so long. That makes me root for Punk. Well, that's fine then. Hey, Shades of Grey. Cody always wanted Shades of Grey, and you got it. Like, don't be a dork. He's a bigger star. He he should make more money. Um. So, but then here's the twist. Now people are saying, like you said before. That hangman is kind of needling Punk because Punk was tweeting about workers' rights and all this bullshit. And it's like, hangman is like, come on, shut up about the workers' rights. You know, and it's like, now I want to root for hangman because he's right. I don't care about workers' rights. Couldn't care less. <laughs> so you're, you're very conflicted on this match, but wherever very, wherever the was, workers' rights go is where you want to not go. I guess is what I'm hearing. I don't know. Yeah, because in the context of pro wrestling, I don't want to hear about this shit. Yeah, you just want guys to kick each other's asses. So yeah, I, I, I want think. I think it's just another it's it's another bullet for Hangman. It's another thing to say, hey, you, you talk all this big game, you come out here, you're on Twitter about oh kumbaya and workers' rights or whatever, but back there you don't you don't you know you don't you, you don't walk the walk. Back there you want special treatment. Back there you want everything your way, and then on Twitter you're happy yeah. go lucky. Everybody's the same. Oh, equal workers' rights, all this sort of shit. But but back there you don't give a shit about. So yeah, I I think that's the which yeah I mean that's. Calling a hypocrite, calling a, a miserable asshole hypocrite, which you know, that's been Punk's mo his whole career. You're right. So and, and, and just and saying, a lot of it, you're not different, character. pal. I know you're not different. You can pretend you're different, but you're not different. You're the same guy. Um, because something Khan said on the media call, he was like, "Well, you know, Hangman doesn't like Punk, and they're not going to go out to lunch together because you know Punk's been beating up his friends. He beat up John Silver, and and it's like, I'm like going, yeah, that all makes sense, but Hangman's never expressed that on screen." Yeah, that's an example of something working in Tony's head and thinking that we're all just picking up on it. But sometimes I think people don't and that the gap is never filled. Dude, the, that's the, an example. Yeah, I think there's somewhere in between having Excalibur go, oh, well, I see a Bucksman beating up John Silver and all the Dark Order, you know, like instead of just do it yeah. like you don't have to do the WWE thing where you scream about it. But maybe there needs to be something in between an idea that Tony has in his head and he thinks, ah, oh, the fans are smart enough. They'll pick up on it. Right. You know, this, the fans are smart and they will pick up on some stuff, but maybe you know you could do a little bit more to kind of the subtleties of a promo or, or, or of a build. Maybe you can kind of include them a little bit more uh, than they do now. Yeah, but there, again, there's something in between just having Excalibur rant about you know what the build is uh, every single week and 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 just yeah, like you said, some stuff that's kind of headcanon but not necessarily uh, expressed in, in in any way on on screen. So. With this workers' rights thing, the the, the last thing I want. How are you still going pro- about this? <laughs> Stop. I mean, come on. The last thing I want my pro wrestling is like wrestlers arguing about like socialist theory. That sounds awful. Who would possibly want that? Does that sound fun to you, Rich? I I just like wrestling. I don't know. It, it to me it was a minor part of this promo that you have. He said Austin it. Turn. You were probably not. <laughs> you up all night. I didn't, thinking he about said this. it. I didn't say. He said it. He care. brought it up. I don't care. God. Yeah, that's what I want. I want Hangman Page and CM Punk, two literal millionaires, having a debate about socialist theory. That's the other thing about it. You know? That we're not the same. We're never going to be the same. I should stop before I get in trouble. You're going to get in trouble, um, yeah. You know, whatever. I'm always in trouble. What's you're, the difference? You're a millionaire now these days, right? No? Well, here's the thing. Anyone that would be mad at me for this already hates me. So what the yeah, I was going to say the they already hate your fucking guts anyway. So that's why yeah. I'm not saying anything because they still might like me. So I'm going to I'm going to stay Maybe. out of this. Yeah. You know what I had someone tell me once privately? Ooh, we got it. They, they were like uh, um, something 
about um i forget what the context of it was but they were like are you kidding me rich is one stiff breeze from being a communist and i was like i don't know if that's true but i, I can <laughs> yeah, see why okay. i can see why you think that but not quite, you know, yeah, not quite there it's uh you know but uh I'll tell you who said that later if you remind me, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I don't think I care enough to be um, All right. Well, that's fair, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know. I feel like Hangman Page and CM Punk talking about socialist theory on television. That would – you can't come up with a more boring, pointless scenario. I mean who would want I, – I shouldn't say who would – I know who would want that, but it's a very small group of people who would, like, get off on that or enjoy that. Can we just have these guys talk about wanting to fuck each other up? That's all I want. Yeah, they mostly did. They mostly did. But he said workers' rights. <laughs> that's just, okay, we got to move. It's gone on too long. We still have too many other things to talk about. But, all uh... right, so, all right. So, this show. Um, we talked about, oh, yeah, so you don't think it'll do as much revolution I do, so we'll see what happens there. Um. Obviously, a big success in the building. One point one million dollar gate. You have anything else on this uh, double or nothing, or uh, do you want to move on to something else? Uh, no, I mean not not a ton else. I just think ultimately, I, I think it's a pretty decent card. Um, it doesn't really need it. Like people are, are really upset about oh the undercard. Oh, there's multiple matches, all this sort of stuff. I'll be honest, man. I'm getting Page and Punk, and I'm getting MJF and Wardlow. Kind of good, you, you know. It Bucks Hardys. I, I think I'm pretty. I'm going to enjoy too. And the anarchy in the arena, I'm going to like as well. And and that's not including, you know, like you said, the house of black death triangle, I think is going to be really good. And the rest is whatever. I don't need Jade Cargill and Anna Jay to be great. I don't need uh, any of the Owen Hart finals to be good. Because I, I saw a lot of people upset about the Owen Hart finals and, you know, maybe a little disappointed that they're not exactly the most, you know, fancy or, or, or the most interesting finals. But I, I don't know. It doesn't bother me that much. Like, I, I don't, I don't expect every single pay-per-view to deliver like every single match be incredible with a great build and an awesome, like, I don't necessarily need that, especially when you have big time matches like Punk and and, and Page and and MJF and Wardlow, ones that have been built for for a very very long time. So I don't know; it doesn't bother me as much. But I I, I do get how maybe on paper this doesn't look like the most stacked uh, AEW show, but I I think it's still going to do very well. Yeah, my goal as a parent is to make sure that these children are never online talking about workers' rights or complaining about complaining about landlords or complaining about lawns that's my goal if 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 i can save these children from ever doing one of those three things like online then i will have succeeded that's the new thing complaining about lawns oh yeah <laughs> rich lawns. wants nothing to do with this have you, have you seen the lawn complaints i have not lawns seen the lawn the complaints thing. i i really don't they I, moved I, uh... on from wanting to behead landlords, and they're complaining about lawns. Okay. I complain about people paying for people to cut their lawns. I pay for someone to cut my lawn. Yeah, you, of course you do. But what do you care whether I, I don't know? I don't know. I, 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 it's like I'm like farmer. Like I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it's ridiculous. But I like see like my neighbors getting their lawn cut. I'm like, God, why even own a house if you're not going to cut your own lawn? Type of thing. It's like I'm like not the most handy guy. Like, one of the few things I actually do, and I'm like, ah, oh, man. Unbelievable, <laughs> you know. I think I'm a manly man because I cut my fucking lawn. Anyway, uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com. I said the preview is up there, a uh, written preview. If you want to check that out, uh, if you are ordering the show on Fight, if you're outside the U.S., uh, you can order the show on Fight. Uh, please use again VoicesOfWrestling.com/slash/fight to do so. Uh, if you're in the United States, it's on BR Live, I guess. But if you're like Joe and I, just be lazy and hit a button on your cable and get it on HD because that's a lot easier and it's. Much more 
enjoyable just to watch it on a giant television. Jeez, so. Uh, FleischerPatreon.com, $10 tier, instant reaction live, immediately following the show. We'll break this down in excruciating detail uh, every single match. Give our reviews. It'll be our only time. We always note this. Our only time that we're going to review the show uh, match by match. So if you're interested in seeing and reading and hearing about our Double or Nothing review, that is the only time you're going to be able to get it. We are not going to cover our next week's flagship. We might cover some over our, you know, give it, give overarching thoughts about the show or whatever, but we are not going to go match by match. We're not going to give our ratings. The only place we do that at FlagshipPatreon.com. Uh, $10 tier immediately following Double or Nothing for instant reaction live. So, all right. Uh, we got a, about an hour here. We got a few topics we want to get to. So we'll do these kind of quickly. Uh, New Japan best of the Super Juniors. Getting uh, down to the home stretch here. Uh, things ending June 3rd. As of today on the 26th, May 26th. I'm just going to run down the blocks. You want me to do that or you want me to stop? How do you, how do you want me to handle uh, setting you up for these uh, best of the Super Juniors discussions? Well, how how much have you seen? What night have you seen? So I, I start. I watched everything up through like night five, and then it started to get a little scattered here and there. And then I just was checking out like I was going through match recommendations or like a guy that I know I wanted to check out. So I've seen kind of scattered stuff from here and there. Have you seen everything though? I have seen everything up until today's show, which would be Thursday, the third Corican show. Okay. I have not. That one yet, I've seen everything else. Okay, so I've seen most of it. You've seen just about all of it, so I think we have a pretty good idea of uh, everything going on here. So, uh, A Block, you have Ace Austin atop the block. The upset of all upsets. Don't think it's going to happen, but right now he's at 10 points. Uh, Taiji Ishimori is at 8. Alex Zane is at 8. Hiromu Takahashi is at 6. Yo is at 6. Clark Connors is at 6. Sho is at 6. Yoshinobu Kanemura is at 4. Francesco Akira is at 4. And Ryusuke Taguchi is at two, and I believe he is officially eliminated from uh, contention on the best of the Super. Some of the other guys might be officially eliminated as well, but I know for a fact Taguchi uh, is officially, officially out. But uh, yeah, what have you made of uh, A Block so far? Uh, I think our, our initial thoughts that we had last week that the B Block would be the better block uh, has definitely reigned true. <laughs> uh, a Block, I, there's been some fun stuff in A Block, but yeah, I think B Block is, is absolutely blowing A Block out of the water. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's pretty much firmly established at this point. The B block has been much better, but now they're all combined to nights, so it kind of doesn't matter as much. But um, yeah, they, they've given Ace Austin a big early push here. There's only like four nights left, so um, you know, there's, there's. I'm sure he won't be. I'm sure he's not going to win the block. I mean, we talked about it last week. He faces Francesca Akira on the final night. But that Ishimori Hiromu match is going to be the one that that decides the block. Um cuz Taguchi Kanemaru they're both basically out. Um Yeah, Taguchi has two and yeah, Kanemaru only has four. Uh-oh. Here we go. Uh, this is Joe and Rich trying to do math live. No, nah, they're 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 going to they're not out like Kanemaru's not out but Taguchi is and they'll both be out by the end. Yeah. Yo and show they don't have to be alive for that match to be meaningful. Connor Zane isn't going to matter. So it's going to come down to Ishimori Hiromu. Yeah, Hiromu's got Zane and Connors, who he's going to win both of those. Uh, so he's going to get to 10 points. Uh, he already has the, the tiebreaker over Ace Austin. Yeah. So he'll have that tiebreaker. And then, yeah, it'll go to Ishimori, who he's got eight, but he still has Clark Connors, 
uh, Francesco Akira and then the Hiromu match. So the Hiromu match, obviously, it's going to lead to that. So, yeah, he's going to have to at least lose one of those two to to, to make that match matter. So, although, again, I guess it couldn't because he could win both of those and then lose to, to Hiromu and Hiromu would move on the tiebreaker. So, ah. yeah. So, it, it'll come down to Ishimori, Hiromu. Yeah, um, I, we, we, I hate to do that, but yeah, it's most important match. but akira they, they they came out they gave akira a win on night one and then like he's been losing a lot i think he's 23 years old and he's gonna be the pin eater for united empire um but they did give get him off to a good start with a win but he's been losing a lot of his matches but i think he'll even be slotted behind tjp ultimately in the unit you know when they get back to regular touring because TJP, I think they consider a system guy because he trained in the dojo and everything. And, you know, and, and he's his senior and he'll be his tag partner. So I don't think Akira is going to get any kind of push. And he only has four points, so it'd be hard for him to get back in the mix anyway. So, yeah, I think Ace Austin might, like, get upset on the final night by Akira because that's his opponent. And Akira will already be eliminated at that point. And then that'll open the door for the winner of Hiromu and and Ishimori to move on. Um, so that's the uh, that's my take on the A block in terms of you know advancement. Because let's see, there's four more nights, and this all wraps up on the the third. Well, no, that's the, the oh, final. The, I, I see what you're saying. I... So it wraps up before we do another show. It wraps up on the on Tuesday. So this would be the only time we have to talk to, to, because by the time we do another show, we'll know the final. We'll know the final. It's going to be happening a couple hours after the show. Um, now I didn't see, like I said, I didn't see the show on the 26th, the 25th. Now the Corkin shows, I could tell you, um, I thought TJP Robbie Eagles on the 25th was an excellent match. I thought that, uh, Kanemaru's matches in Corkin were great. The first night, Kanemaru's been great in this tournament, dude. I've loved his stuff this tournament. I don't know why. You need a it, guy it's just like clicking. That. It's just I mean, clicking this tournament for me. So he 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 attacks Hiromu with the bell and then works over his knee and then just taps him out. And then what that does, it's not only a shocking finish, but it opens the door for Yo the next night against Hiromu because now the story is Hiromu is coming into that match with the fucked up knee from Kanemaru. And then he upsets Taiji Ishimori the next night. And then they also did the thing in Corican where Dookie, he did the uh he did the Liger um um oh, fuck that finished that uh Liger and uh well, I can't think of his name. Um uh Oh Liger and uh, and, and Sasuke, great Sasuke. Yes. He fell off he the, did fell the... off the top rope. Yeah, that was a, a great callback. I love that. Yeah, so Doki did the Sasuke Liger finish. Which still to this day, people debate whether Liger and Sasuke did that on purpose or whether they were improvising on the fly. But Doki fell off the ropes and then Fant- he lured Phantasmo in. And he beat him with the you know with the, with the roll up or whatever. So they've been you know we talked about it last week when they get to Cork and they're going to do interesting things and they have done interesting things in Cork. I am told that the show that happened today on the twenty sixth that the best match in the tournament has happened with Robbie Eagles and El Phantasmo. Did you see that or not? I did not see that one yet. Yeah, I was trying to squeeze it in before the show started, and, and I was not able to get to it. But, uh, yeah, I've heard great things about it. I think on Cage Match, it's got, like, 
nine point five seven or something like that right now. Nine point four seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a hell of a hell of a number. Yeah. No, I have not seen it yet. I, my favorite match of the entire tournament so far uh, was Lindemann and, and, and Desperado. I loved, love, love that match. I forget the date on that. Maybe the twenty fifth. I want to say that I, I, it's kind of starting to blur together a little bit, but that match was spectacular. So for people and everybody that I've said that to has said, oh, you'll like LP uh, and Eagles. That's even better than that. So I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, what that match really is. Cause yeah, it, no doubt I'll watch it. I uh, just couldn't, didn't get a chance to get into it. This. End of time either. Yeah. But um, that would be the first great match of the tournament. I think I, 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 do you think Lindemann Despy was great? couple nights ago or uh, would you great i don't know that i can say great i would say really really good uh i, I don't me know too. that i could say great me too there's been a lot of really really good and there's been a lot of good and you know, i can only think of one or two you know outside of taguchi pulling his fucking pants down um there's only been one or two matches that i would that i would say haven't been good in the entire tournament everything's good but we've been waiting for something great and by all accounts, it looks like we finally got it with Eagles and, and Phantasma, which was the main event, by the way. And they gave them 25 minutes. So um, I wish I could talk about it, but, you know, I didn't see it. Looks like the rest of the night was pretty good, too, based on the cage match ratings. But, yeah, things picked up in Corkin, and then the next show, we get a break here tonight, and then the 28th in Chiba with uh, Despy versus Doki in the main event and the and, a block and then we're, we're full. These are now all just full tournament shows, right? Yeah. These are full tournament shows now all from here on out. So you get the 10 matches each night and they haven't felt like drags because a lot of them are really short. So they, they've done a nice what, job. What's cool. There's been a lot of very unique and different stories throughout this tournament as well. It's not just yeah. like two guys go in there. One guy beats the other guy and that's it. Or, you know, sometimes in the G1, you get your very generic, like, Oh, you know what a follow match is going to be this entire tournament. And like, Short of Taguchi, which, yeah, the Taguchi stuff has been horrible and, and, and annoying, and I just kind of want it to go away. But everybody else, I think, has done a really, really good job of doing different stuff. Like you said, the Kanemaru Hiroa match is like a great example of them kind of thinking outside the box and, like, hey, let's do this. And then the, 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 the Dookie LP one, another like super cool, different, unique idea. So, yeah, I think they've done a good job of, of varying uh, the, the, the finishes and, and varying the match structures as well to make it kind of move on a little bit better, not, not feel like you said a total slog, especially at this, by this point in the tournament where you're like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. But uh, no, I think they've done a good job. Yeah. So uh, as far as the B block, it's, that's the block that's a little more congested. Everyone in the block with the exception of Watto and Teton have either six or eight. So, um, you know, if you want to try to unwind it, um, you know, I don't know. I, you know, like we said last week, you would think that Phantasmo versus Despy is going to be the most important match on the final night there. Um, because every other match involves someone who you figure won't be in the mix. Dookie and Watto, two guys that won't be in the mix. Eagles versus Teton. Teton might already be out. No, he's not out yet, but will be shortly. Bushi Lindemann. I mean, Lindemann's getting beat like a drum. And Bushi isn't going to be in the mix. And TJP Wheeler, Utah, which, you know, one of those guys could maybe eliminate the other. So it's going to come down to Phantasmo Despi, more than likely, in uh, that block. Um, but it's so congested. I mean, they both have eight right now. So um, I guess Lindemann, I mean, 
I don't know. I feel like he's he, lost every night, but he no, does he's have been picking points. up. Yeah, and I think lately he's been picking up some pretty big wins. So I, I, I don't know if that's just you know doing politics right or whatever it is. But no, I, I, I think that they, I think they got pretty high hopes with this guy. I, I really do. I mean, he's gotten some really big wins, and that win over uh, Desperado, I, I, I thought was pretty poignant as well. I don't think you do that without you know. Desperado's not a guy you fuck around with having wins and losses anymore. He, he's he's ascended to that level where I think a Lindemann win over him should mean something. It, it, it should indicate something to you. But I, I guess I, he lost to Bushi too, so may, maybe not. But I don't know. I, I The way I've seen his booking in this tournament is, is clear that they see that this guy's got something and that they want to at least do something more with him. I don't think this is like, all right, th- thank you for your service. Talk to you later, man. Like, you know, let's leave. You know, I, I don't think that's that's the case. I think he's hanging around for a little I thought he had well, I thought he had one less win than he had is the problem. Oh, okay, yeah. The dookie the dookie upset's really just still weighing on me because that was so surprising. But you know, every he they just got that's to balance the points and they got his upset out of the way early. But um I, I just thought it was weird that they had him lose on the first night of the block to Dookie. I thought that was weird. Um, you know, and he did lose to Phantasmo, but he's one of the favorites. But they want, I mean, they they want to bring Lindemann in. They want him to be part of the company. So it would behoove them to to book him well. Um, but he's got a lot of supporters, you know, uh, starting with Liger. And um, they would like him to come in. And he would instantly be, you know, not just one of their best juniors, one of their best wrestlers, period. I mean, the guys, Lindemann is really great. You know, he's he's just so sound. And, um, you know, he's never going to be big enough to be a heavyweight, but, you know, he is a really great wrestler. And, but... and he's, he's, the crowd is way into him too. I mean, I know we're still in yeah. clap crowds, but the stuff, the, 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 the noises that people, they're like visceral noises that people don't even care that like, they're not supposed to be cheering when he does that, you know, yeah. cannonball into the crowd, like people just scream. You know what I mean? So that's, yeah, he, well, you know, it's starting to where he's a champ of another promotion yeah. and he's worked for all these different promotions with strong hearts and worked in that building a million times. And you know, the Corkin fans are the smart fans. Yeah. They go to all these different promotions. They've seen this guy work a million different places. They're aware of him and they know who he is and they like him and they know he's good. So, um, you know, I, I fully expect, you know, them to, to be behind him in that way. But, uh, you know, final night, what, what did I say? He was facing, uh, I lost it now. Let me pull it back up. He's facing Bushi on the final night. Yeah, so, so he'll be irrelevant by that time. If he's in the mix, he'd have to get upset by Bushi to get knocked out. But um, he'll come down to Phantasmo. He's got Watto and Eagles left. So And Bushi? Yeah. He can I mean, lose, he's, he's he can lose to Eagles. Man, I don't know. I see him losing to Mr. Mr. Watto over there. So I don't know. That's... There's only three nights left. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, this thing's really coming down to it. So, but overall, it's a delightful little tournament. It's been They're great. Yeah, watching. it's been solid as hell. Yeah. Everything, everything has been other than Taguchi. I would say every other person that I've watched wrestle, I've enjoyed in some form or fashion. Even Yo and Show, uh, Yo. As of late, the last few matches of Yo have been better. I think the story they wanted to tell was that he was. They're trying to tell the story that he's dull and boring and like unmotivated and that they're trying to build it. I, I guess they're trying to ride that momentum into, like you said, that final night to upset show or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think everybody I've enjoyed in some form or fashion other than Taguchi. I've not really enjoyed the Taguchi stuff, but it's been kept short enough. Where I don't think I'm like 
upset about the Taguchi stuff, I'm just skipping it at this point because I, I know the score. I know what's going to happen. It's not that big, you know, whatever at this point. But uh, I think everybody else has been good. And I think, yeah, ultimately it's been a very fun tournament. And, you know, I saw some discussion about this uh, in our Slack. And I, I 100% agree that this tournament for the first time in a long time feels like a healthier New Japan in the sense that you have people from New Japan strong. You have people from CMLL. You have people from Gleet. You have people from AEW. You have people from Impact. You know what I mean? It feels like an international thing again. And for the last two and a half years, New Japan has not felt like an international promotion. It's felt like a very self-contained kind of only Japan promotion. And it, it does feel a little different now that it's like, oh, yeah, like we can just bring guys. And that's what always made Best of the Super Juniors fun and interesting is that Ricochet would come in and, and Kenny Omega would come in and Prince Devin, would, you know, at, at, at certain times. But then, you know, I know that those were, you know, guys there. But, yeah, and then they would also bring in your Tetons or whatever. Tetons back. They would also bring in your, your you know, guys from all over the, you know, some of these guys have been canceled recently, you know, since then. But, uh, you know, they brought in Marty, and that was fun when he was there at that time. Chris Saban did it. You know, Flip Gordon did it. You know, there, there was always, they would bring these other guys. ACH did that one uh, one year as well. So uh, it was always kind of fun. Dragon Lee, you know, would come in and stuff. So that, that was always fun to have those guys in there. And I think that's truly what makes me excited about the upcoming G1. It makes me also think, okay, yeah, we, we are we're definitely healing finally with New Japan. It, 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 it's, it, it feels like what we had before the pandemic, finally again uh, with, with New Japan, at least with the New Japan tournament, for sure. Yeah, no, it, 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 there's some life to it. You know? And the G1, I think, is going to be the same. I think there's going to be names that people really are into as far as outsiders with the G1. And by then, I think we're going to have full crowd participation back. Sure sounds like it. Yeah, DDT's apparently going to rip the scab off. What is that, June 7th they're going to do that? I thought they said. Yeah, something like that. They're going to just try it and see what happens and sit in a certain part of the arena. You can make noise and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, ultimately, I think we're we're there. We're getting there, and uh, I am – God, I cannot wait for it again. It's going to be a monumental moment when we finally have crowds making noise again in Japan. So It'll feel good. You know, um, yeah, and – this I think Super Juniors is a taste of what New Japan's going to feel like with the, the tours coming up because they are going to be bringing some new heavyweights in, especially for the G1. And, um, you know, it's it's really going it, to, it, you know, and you might see some of those bottom guys that have been in the last few G1s, you know, getting bumped out the same way, you know, you don't have your, your Tiger Masks and your Taka Mishinoku types in this tournament because all their spots were taken by yeah. these outsiders who are getting an opportunity. So... It's just going to elevate the field. And um, now I don't think we're getting super blocks or anything because it's the same 19 nights or whatever because the schedule did come out. Yeah. So, but but the 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 level of talent is going to be much better than it has been during the, the two COVID G1s. Yeah, well, we're just going to get unique great. matches again. And I think that's what you're mostly getting with the Super Juniors is that like every single night you're clicking onto that video file and going like, oh, man, that's a that's a really cool matchup. Like, that's really cool. I never would have thought of like Wheeler Utah versus El Fantasmo, but okay. Yeah, let's do it. Like, and that's, that's, I think the, the real pleasure of, um, going on. Okay. We have a, we have a storm going on. The nurse is trying to find her for sunroof. I cannot see. Mm. Going out there. Just go out. What's the problem? Oh, she, go doesn't look. Like to, she doesn't like to get wet. So. Insert your joke there. Uh, do you want me to go outside? <laughs> There's a cut. Someone, uh, someone clip that. Um, put a hood on and go. Uh, she doesn't have a rain slicker. A, a rain slicker. Yeah, like a raincoat or something. Her. She turned the lights off in here, so now I'm in the dark. 
What about an umbrella? What's the word? I don't think I own an umbrella. Is it open? Can I have my light back on? Oh, well. Thank you. I told you she doesn't like to get wet. I will go out after the show because I don't mind a She's little drip. Well, then go out now. I, what are you doing? Wet. All right. Wet. Good. Our dog said, I'll turn your lights off. All right. Oh, I thought you were using him to wipe your. Okay, get. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was asking. Get out of here. All right. Where were we? Are we done with Japan? Nothing left in Japan. Uh, uh, Japan, we are done with Japan. Yes, yes. We are done with Japan. One quick thing. 30 years ago this week, Kikuchi, Kobashi versus Can-Am Express. Please watch it if you haven't watched it before. So. I'm going to write a column about it yeah. on Flagship Patreon. Easy so, uh, very easy to find. Uh, Pretty much, I, I'm going to gatekeep you. If you've never seen that match, you're, you're, you're dumb and you should watch it. So. Is that fair? I mean, why have you not watched that match? Ah, it's like, one of the greatest matches like of all time. Three minutes, it's one of the greatest yeah. matches ever. Like, what the hell are you doing? Go watch it. And now you're the other part, it's 30 years old this yeah. week. So I, I am going to write about it. I'm going to shame you also in written uh, form uh, at some point. But yeah, go, go watch it. Very easy to find. Um, I tweeted out about it a couple of days ago, so you can... Go to at Voices Wrestling if you want to, even though we don't do anything on there. But uh, yeah, you can just get plugs and you'll get a link to that, uh, uh, that video. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about Dirty Ron McDonald at GCW? Oh my God. What a mess. You lost your phone now. Okay. I don't know where your phone is. No, you didn't. You probably left it outside. What were you saying, Joe? Why don't, why don't you call her and see if the phone <laughs> We do that. It doesn't work. What do you mean it doesn't it's work? It's on silent. It's, it's, her ears don't The vibrate, maybe, right? Yeah, and then you hear doesn't. it vibrate. Or the screen lights up because there's a call coming in. Anything. Going now. It's not working. Going. So you called the phone. I called the phone, yeah. It's not gonna work. Oh, you did call. It never works though. I do it. Oh. It never works. I she just has everything it. set to off. No, she has it, but she just doesn't pick up on them. Probably between the seat cushions in the living room. Did she checked <laughs> between. It's probably in her bed where she was. Started hmm. She found it. It was in the bed. Well, she was laying out in the bed. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Tremendous. Dirty, <laughs> so I need to actually run out. Joe, <laughs> one moment before we talk about Dirty Ron McDonald, I should do it yeah. after. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about Dirty Ron McDonald versus GCW. Then I'm gonna go outside in this torrential downpour and 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 get the gook off of me after I mention after I say this. I actually might have to do it after I read uh, this report from WrestlingInc.com. You ready for this? All right. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna read it word for word, and then we'll react from yeah. there. All right. <clears throat> Earlier this afternoon, Twitter user Doxy Stoxy with three X's mm. posted two tweets that contained screenshots of wrestler Dirty Ron McDonald 
admitting to creating fake COVID-19 tests for GCW wrestlers on the instruction of GCW owner Brett Lauderdale. In total, Dirty Ron McDonald claimed to have made over 50 fake COVID tests for Lauderdale and GCW, among other allegations. One of the tweets also listed the real names of five of the GCW wrestlers who requested tests. These names included Homicide, Schlack, Ricky Shane Page, Matthew Justice, and Lauderdale himself. Uh, Lauderdale later commented on the situation through Sean Ross Sapp, uh, saying, quote, I've referred this matter to my lawyer, and as much as I'd like to comment, I've been advised not to. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no. I, I also would not comment on this. Through the <laughs> this hopefully, on my these lawyer. Dirty Ron McDonald um, allegations. Of this federal crime. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd comment either. Yes, of, of um, both Dirty Ron McDonald admitting to a federal crime and also or, accusing you of, of committing a federal crime. So, yes. A felony at minimum. I don't yes. know if it's a federal crime. Oh, you're right. Crime. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Um, Wow, where do we start? Where do you start? Well, Dirty Ron McDonald versus GC Dub. Well, listen, if I needed some fake COVID tests, I think Dirty Ron McDonald would be the go-to <laughs> doctor, guy for something doctor like Dirty that. Dirty Ron right? McDonald. What's his uh, What's I mean, his credentials? How was he? Uh, is he just good at Photoshop? Like I don't I, I don't know I don't know enough about the story to know. Here's the thing: why I you would go to the, Dirty Ron McDonald for this? Well, I'm going to tell you why. I don't think you would need to know credentials if the man is known as Dirty Ron McDonald. <laughs> I am pretty confident that either he knows a way or can find a way to fake some COVID tests or do some fake IDs or get you, you know, some meth or maybe find you a pile of fucking angel dust or something. How, how dare I, you? Dirty Ron McDonald. How dare McDonald. you? You know nothing of Dirty Ron McDonald. I don't know nothing of that man. I know that if someone is named Dirty Ron McDonald, they probably have a way to do some things that are a, a bit underhanded if they're known as Dirty Ron McDonald. This man does a Ronald McDonald gimmick, but a dirty Ronald yes. McDonald gimmick, if I'm understanding this correctly. I would seem to think, look, if I needed something done, like get fake COVID tests, and I'm scrolling through my phone, I'd probably stop at dirty Ron McDonald if he was in my phone, and that would be the <laughs> Say, guy that... Uh, you know who You know who probably has fake COVID tests? Dirty Ron. Let me ask Dirty Ron. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going through my phone. Let's see, Aunt, you know, Aunt Trudy. Uh, no, Grandma. No, uh, my friend. Mike, no. Oh wait, Dirty Ron McDonald. Yeah, that might be my guy if I need some fake COVID tests. So that kind of lines up, right? Dirty Ron McDonald is this man's name. This is his moniker. <sighs> yeah, so Dirty Ron <laughs> McDonald. What's pretty fun too about it is, uh, and you're right because, like, the, the if the screenshots are to be believed, the alleg the alleged screenshots, alleged, hilariously is like Brett saying, "Hey, can I get a fake COVID test?" And Dirty Ron just being like, "Say no more, fam!" Like, you know right? I mean? Like he's ready to go. He's like, Instant. "Fuck yeah, I got it." Yeah, are you kidding? Of course me? I can. He wasn't I'm like, wait, dirty. what? He was just like, oh, yeah, no. of course. Yeah. Like, I'm Dirty Ron McDonald. Of course and I those are the screenshots that Dirty Ron is showing to the world to implicate Brett, but I just love the idea yes. that Brett is like, hey, can I get these? And Dirty Ron's like, fuck yeah, bro, I got you. <laughs> like, yeah, instantly. Of course, you call Dirty Ron if you need that, man. Like, yeah, I got you. Right. You know? Um, yeah, <laughs> that's the guy you would reach out to for anything <laughs> Like, I'm not saying Dirty Ron McDonald can get you angel dust, but he's the guy I'd try first, right? I mean, it's sure. Dirty Ron McDonald. 
Are the kids still doing angel dust, Rich? Uh, you've asked me that before, and I still don't know. I, I, I was I was under the impression that the kids do not do cocaine, but uh, several kids reached out and said, no, no, no. In fact, we do still do cocaine. We so. are doing the cocaine. Yeah, I was That's like, right. well, good for you, man. I, I feel like uh, I can't afford it, but I guess maybe I could, so. Yeah. I'm already a nervous wreck. Can you imagine me? That'd be terrible. You know, we should balance this. A lot of GCW wrestlers say that they were tested for every show, and they also provided screenshots of group chats where the Game Changer office was directing them to, like, I don't know, the referee that was in charge of these matters Mm -hmm. to provide them with the test. But those were not any of these men listed. These were uh, Tony Deppin. I saw Cole Radrick was another one. So it could be possible that those guys just wanted to operate on the up and up and that these guys were like, listen, man, I don't want to get a COVID test. And Brett was like, all right, man, I got you because I know dirty Ron McDonald and then got fake COVID tests for these guys. I mean, that's possible. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know nothing of this actual matter, and I don't really care to <laughs> dig into it all that much. But uh, this will be the last we ever speak. Of this yeah, matter. it's it's yeah. I uh, I'm honestly surprised that Brett would go to those lengths to even get fake COVID tests. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of figure that the whole GCW vibe would just be like, "Fuck it, who cares?" You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like don't come if you're sick, but otherwise, like, I'm gonna be completely honest. GC fucking dub. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the. Yeah, I, you know, MDK all day. I feel like I wouldn't even be talking about this if the man's name was Jake Smith. Yes, if Jake Smith said, hey, Brett Lauderdale ordered fake COVID test for me, we'd probably right. just go, eh, all right. But it, the fact that it's one dirty Ron McDonald, not Ronald. I like that too. No, no. Dirty Ron. Well, no. you don't want the McDonald's Corporation to get mad at you. No, you do not. Dirty Ron McDonald is the perpetrator of these fake tests, and that legitimately is the only reason we're talking about this. <laughs> right. It's just – I'll be honest. It's only so Joe can say dirty Ron McDonald in the voice that he says it every single time, which when he typed it, by the way, when he typed it, all yes. caps every single time. Yeah, dirty with, with, with uh, quotation marks. Yeah. Because it's dirty Ron McDonald. <laughs> just, here's the thing. I don't understand why people want to clean up wrestling. Why would you ever want to clean up wrestling? <laughs> right. I agree. You're never – then you're not going to get stories like this. Right, yeah. Wait, in, in a clean for wrestling, you don't have GCW promoter Brett Lauderdale Facebook messaging <laughs> Dirty Ron McDonald. For fake COVID tests. <laughs> for fake COVID tests, right. In a normal business, it would be handled by, like, you know, the PR – you know, the, 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 the public's health officer for – no, that sucks. Who wants that shit? Get out of here. Can you really be mad? I don't want GCW HR to be like, oh, hey, everybody's got to get tests. <laughs> no. Like... This, is, this is what gives wrestling its flavor. When <laughs> Dirty Ron McDonald is alleging that he's produced – he's- when Dirty Ron McDonald <laughs> – still don't know Dirty Ron's credentials. Like, when, when, like why, why, it, why does Dirty Ron – like, what did he do? Does he just have Photoshop? Like, what is, what is it? What are we doing here? When dirty Ron McDonald is admitting to felonies <laughs> to try to get a one up on somebody, you want to clean this business up like yeah. that? You no. that's what you're at. Why? Not I. We would lose this gold. Not I. And Rich, can you really be mad when a relationship with dirty Ron McDonald <laughs> inevitably goes south? south? Yeah. Can you be mad at that? No. I mean, you got to think yourself. It's a ticking time bomb to begin with. <laughs> If you know a man 
named Dirty Ron McDonald. Like, just knowing Dirty Ron McDonald, you have to know at some point something bad is going to come into my life because I am associated with Dirty Ron McDonald. You have to know that. Whether you're getting fake COVID tests from him or not. <laughs> but he absolutely is the go-to guy. He is without question. I just question. don't understand what he did. Why, like, why him? Why, why would just I, – I don't know. Why, why could Brett not just okay. do it on his own? It's just because he's scuzzy as hell. I, I'm trying to think I of this think, in a very logical – I think if you go through your phone and one of the entries is Dirty Ron <laughs> McDonald's, I think you got to take a deep breath. You got to reassess how you got here, right? You got to think to yourself, okay, how did I get here? Why is Dirty Ron McDonald in my phone? Why? How did I get to this point? And how can we course correct, right? It shouldn't be, oh, yeah, I know Dirty Ron McDonald. He can get me those fake COVID tests that I've been looking for. That's the problem right off the top. You shouldn't have that guy like that. You shouldn't know someone who could possibly achieve this for you. Right. And I've known people who could achieve this for me, Rich. <laughs> so I speak from experience. You got to clean it up at some point. Why does, is he like, is he good at Photoshop? Is that, is that the, or is he just, he's just it dirty like Ron. You just know that I mean, you need some shit. Dirty Ron's got you. Well, let me tell you something. Martin Schlachter had himself a negative test. That's all <laughs> so no matter right? what he's, he's good at something. He's. Whatever it was, he was good at making them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just, you know. I like I the mean, blur. I like the blurring out the ER in, in Martin Schlack. Just in case you were like, ah, I don't know who that is. Who could that possibly yeah. be? That guy we don't know his full last name. Who could Martin Schlack be? Rich, yeah. Richard Page, you say? What wrestler <laughs> yeah, could that who be? Could that possibly be? Hmm. God damn it. <laughs> Oh, Dirty Ron. Dirty Ron McDonald, he didn't even he, – he goes through the pains of editing out the names on one page, but then he posts all the tests <laughs> Next page. with the full names. But no, the, like, the names were like slightly obscured, but not obscured enough where it was like – Yeah, but then there's a screen with the tests themselves. Yeah, yeah. And the names are on them. And it's, come on, Dirty Ron McDonald, like – you know, I think my favorite discourse uh, of the entire thing was people then uh, uh, screaming about HIPAA violations for Dirty Ron. Yeah. They're like, oh, this couldn't hold up in court because this is a HIPAA violation. It's Dirty Ron McDonald. Dirty Ron McDonald. He is not beholden to HIPAA. Like, no. This isn't a fucking, you know, mega corp, you know, big pharma. This Dirty Ron. Like, like oh, none of this is going to hold up because of HIPAA. Like, yeah. All right. Like that's the problem here is that Dirty Ron violated HIPAA. Yeah, that's 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 what they're gonna get him on. Do you think Dirty Ron McDonald <laughs> associates with Dirty Frank Kirshner? Do you think those men are associated? <laughs> oh, I didn't even remember. Yeah, Dirty Frank. Yeah. Listen, you, you never said, know. You right? said Dirty Frank's you, a good guy, but you don't know. Maybe don't Dirty know. Frank Kirshner could get can get things <laughs> if you need them, right? <laughs> So, I mean, Jordan Smith, I think that's a very important question in the uh, note of chat room. He says, uh, if you're on a first name basis with Dirty Ron McDonald, are you calling him Ron or Dirty? 
neither. You're calling him Dirty Ron McDonald. <laughs> I agree, yeah. First off, you never actually can get on a first-name basis with Dirty Ron McDonald. No. He's not that kind of friend. You know what I mean? Like, you're not that kind of friend with Dirty Ron. No. No. Yeah, I don't know if you can get close enough to him. But he just doesn't let – I have those. Like, you can't get close enough to that guy. Yeah. Like, you're not sure what he does. He's always got enough money but not a lot. You know what I mean? Like, enough to kind of – I don't know. Listen, I still have friends to this day who have known me decades who refer to me as Joe Lanza. Not Joe. <laughs> not Lanza. Joe Lanza. Hey, Joe Lanza. Uh, you know, it's just it, – you know, I don't know what that says about me. But what it's saying is I would refer to this man if I knew him as Dirty – Ron McDonald. Yeah, I, might, I might do. I might do Dirty Ron. I might call him Dirty Ron, but I, I don't think I'm doing anything more than that. What if you know another Dirty Ron? It's true. It, it will get conflicting. If, yeah. If you know Dirty Ron McDonald, the odds are pretty good you know another Dirty someone, right? If you like know one Dirty, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we know two. We know Dirty uh, Ron McDonald and Dirty Frank Kirshner. What a. This is some story. Go what is Dirty Ron McDonald's motivations for calling this out anyway? Like, uh, what's yeah, his motivation? I don't know. I don't know. He just for decided. admitting to a crime. He's just done. He's, he's mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you who else isn't going to take it anymore. That's Ian Rotten. Yo, Uncorked. Ian Rotten's like, no, 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 no. We have some decorum here. <laughs> we have standards. Yeah, we have standards. Dirty Ron McDonald. And you are not working a death match in IWA Mid-South. No, sir. Not with these... Uh, Crimes you've admitted to. So I also believe uh, uh, ICW No Holds Barred has also. Well, that's not as funny of a joke. Yeah, so I so. I chose Ian Rotten. No, yeah, and you're right. Uh, yeah, Ian Rotten taking the moral high yes. ground here is is <laughs> is, is yeah something else. Um, yeah. Well, I'm here's sorry. something we'll never talk about again. Yeah, please, dear uh, God, yeah. let's please never talk about this. No, well, listen, people complain we don't talk GCW. Well. There you go. What do you what do you think of that? <laughs> Talk to CW. Uh, speaking yeah. of game changer wrestling, uh, they are also running this weekend. There's a little bit of a mini uh, double or nothing weekend going on, but uh, nothing that uh, nothing the big JL and, uh, and RK are going to be watching. I don't think uh, things kick off. I believe already. Oh, going on in an hour. So right after the show, Joe, you can watch BXS. Better off dying. Mm-mm. You might be better off dying than watching that show. Uh, moving on, I think uh, next one. Man, is this running in Vegas? Let me find out. It is hard to find shows all about. It is hard to find. No, House of Glory, Hog. They're running in NYC, baby. They're not going to fucking Las Vegas. FSW versus Wrestling Revolver, Deuces Wild. That is at 9.30 on Friday. Why are we doing this? Saturday, May 28th at 1 a.m., Black Label Pro always bet on black. All right. What do you think about what do you think about that uh, uh, gambling advice from uh, BLP? Always bet on black. Um, you know, if you're having fun at the roulette table, you know, you want to pick a color and just go with that strategy. It's a social game. Why? Yeah. What, what, I don't know. Just I do. can we move on? Yeah, that's I what I do yeah, at roulette. I, I play roulette for like a couple hours. Blue. Yeah, black, red, even on fun. Play, you play trends, even though it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Saturday, May 28th, Wrestling Revolver, Vegas Vacation. Will it be as fun as the movie? Probably not. Uh, GCW, Downward Spiral, 10 p.m. on Saturday. Okay. Downward Spiral, indeed. And that is it for uh, the GCW uh, uh, 
the Double or Nothing weekend. So if you're in town for Double or Nothing and uh, can't find anything else to do in Las Vegas, you got those mm. professional wrestling shows for you. Lazy town. Not much going on. Nah, so. Not much, yeah. Cowtown, yeah. as they call it, right? Oh, sorry. That's Sacramento. A great O'Conn found some things to do in Vegas. Great O'Conn found some penises. He found some asses. Man's he living got, it up. Yeah, man is yeah, living he, it up. Yeah, he, he, he got he, whipped by a waitress in the heart attack grill. Oh, was that okay? Uh, I didn't know what was going on in that. That, that was from the heart attack grill. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that, that explains was, the burger now. Okay. I was like, I don't get with the burger and the whip. I, that makes sense. That's why she's sense. in the, you know. I don't. It's Las Vegas, dude. <laughs> nurse outfit that no I, nurse has ever worn. Yeah, that sexy nurse outfit. I assure you, that, that is not. Oh, no, you don't that. get that. Huh? I have never seen no. the skirt. There's a very small skirt that barely covers the posterior. Yeah. I mean, it, it yes. almost barely a skirt at that point. Uh, yeah, we've never seen that. Hey, did you ever ask the nurse to dress up like a naughty nurse? And is she like, I do that for a living. Like, I'm not going to do that. I've never, no, I never, never really approached the subject because I figured that's what the, the, I think that's what it would be anyway. Be. She'd be yeah. like, aren't I always a sexy nurse? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that would yeah. be the comeback. Yeah. You know, right, and then right, I get right. screwed, and then I'm not getting anything. Now like, you're oh, so I'm not sexy yeah. every day? And I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> like, oh, so you mean my blue scrubs and my Crocs don't do it for you? Right, exactly. Right, 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 right. And then, then you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does she wear blue scrubs, or does she go with the gimmicky scrubs with, like, hot dogs on them? No, no, that's, she has to wear the blue scrubs. So, yeah, it's blue scrubs. She wears the blue scrubs, yeah. Because yeah. she's <laughs> she doing some serious nursing. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't have this is yeah. peds. You know what I mean? She doesn't have time to be wearing right. Winnie the Pooh fucking no. scrubs. Yeah. I bet you there are Winnie the Pooh scrubs. Oh, That's got to be certainly, yeah. Like if you, to like be fair, if you're married, are, are are working with like children who have cancer, so I, they can wear whatever the hell they want if it makes the kids happy. I don't care. For like if you're married to like a house cleaner, could you get her to put on a French maid outfit, or would that also be demeaning? Um, hmm. you ever think about these things? I don't, but I will now. I guess. So. I think about these things a lot. Like yeah. I'm married to a banker. There's no such thing as a sexy. Banker. Oh, I don't think that's true. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think so. Oh, oh, you're into like the the business woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, well, I hear a you. nice little short skirt, the boobs out. I mean, that's probably what she's doing. Yeah, but if day, you right? go to a, but here's the thing: I can go into a novelty shop and get made. Right. You can't nurse. say, hey, "Give me this." Do you guys have a sexy banker outfit? <laughs> They're like, can't uh, get banker. Right. Yeah. They don't. You know. So that's what I kind of. Like, mean, you what know? are you exactly so, asking for? I'm not quite sure. Right, just but lingerie. I don't like what I don't. What is a sexy banker dressed like? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Right, that's what I mean. Like, but if you're married to like a house cleaner, I, I don't know if she wants to come home and grab the feather duster for your bed shenanigans. <laughs> you know, outfit. yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably like she not. probably doesn't want to do that. No. She's probably like, I just cleaned people's toilets all day, and you want me to put on a little apron and a feather duster and then tickle your balls? It's not going to happen. Yeah, no, that's, no, and, and nor should it. Nor should it really. Yeah, th- that's what I'm saying. So it's like, I don't think that's why I was curious if the nurse has ever dressed up like a sexy nurse. She has never dressed. She dresses up like a sexy nurse every single day. But uh, ah, good that's husband. Great. She might be still listening. But yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I've yeah. never, I've never, I've never asked for a sexy nurse. All right, all right. That's just you know, after ten years, that's one I don't think I've asked you. Yeah, well, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I, I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up. I'll see what you, I'll see what the thoughts are. I gotta wait a few days because she'll know it's a bit. If I do it tomorrow, she's gonna be like, "Is this something you guys talked about on the show?" So I have to now keep it in the mind, and then like two weeks later, bring it up right. on like a Tuesday. 
Yes, yes, yes. Because if I bring it up tomorrow, she'll... it's yeah, it, 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 yeah. You don't want to tip it's her off. Then she's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Then she's firing up. Spotify so was that a Lanza? Did Lanza tell you to say that? But no, 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 no. no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okan right. enjoying himself in in in. Absolutely, in as well. Sin he should, City, by the way. yes, that is. Uh, What's your favorite? Is is him getting whipped by the nurse? I like. Him. I like to having a handful of the asses. I mean, that is the two butts. Yeah, those two are butt. great butts. Vegas is filled with butts. It's it's, it's a lot of cheeks. A lot, a lot of, of cheeks one great picture. thing. A lot of boobs. Yeah. A lot of cheeks. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah. You know, it's one the thing about going to Las face, Vegas. The look on his face as he's grasping the cheeks. Oh, yes, yeah, he knows. Yeah, that's the Dominator, baby. Yeah, he knows he got knows a handful of some some prime. A plus cheeks there, yeah, and that's I mean that's that's the most remarkable thing about that place is that you know and and, and I've told this to people it's like no matter what it doesn't matter you go to that city and I don't even like Las Vegas that much but like you can do whatever you want at that city because nobody is paying attention to you because there's just tits and ass and lights everywhere. Yes, you could do anything on the strip and no one's going to pay attention to you because there is probably an extremely hot woman not wearing clothes within five feet of you at all times. Yeah, um, or an enormous drink, or neon yeah. lights, or a fucking fountain, or a tiger. You know what I mean? There's like, there's yeah. always something going on that is way always more interesting than whatever the hell you have going on. Well, speak for yourself, sir. I'm a very interesting guy. Um, Nobody's looking at you. I, no one's looking at me. Um, there's a showgirl yeah, with with pasties on that people mm-hmm. are, are are getting in line to take pictures with. True. Not you. But you never know. If they, what if they knew I was Joe Lanza from the they Voice of Wrestling? They knew you were Joe Lanza. Eh, I, I still think that. I think that. Well, you saw it with Great Ocon. It's hard. Yeah. To, it's hard to resist. It is paying twenty bucks and 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 you know, getting your picture with. Uh... But yeah, he's really enjoying the uh, the fine meat. When I got married in Vegas by the off-duty Elvis impersonator. Did you see that uh, Veda uh, Scott and uh, Speedball Mike Bailey stole your uh, your wedding? You were the first person to ever get married in Las Vegas by a off duty Elvis impersonator, but uh, they stole your he, gimmick. He, Did you see that? He offered to be in the gimmick, but we opted for not. The problem is you can't. <laughs> yeah, un- yeah, he looked like it. Wait, that was that actually the story that he wasn't actually an Elvis impersonator, or he was, but he what? And uh, on the wedding, he was not oh. supposed to be. Yes, listen, but he was an old a- weird guy with jet black hair. He's an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> right, you can't not be that ever. <laughs> He's an Elvis impersonator who also marries people as Elvis, but also marries people not as Elvis. Oh, so I get okay, that makes sense. Because he wasn't wearing like the No no. He wasn't wearing the, the big the collar, guy. yeah, the big collar and the sunglasses, no, no. but he looked He's like a, Elvis. So I, that's why I thought he it was, was an Elvis dressed, guy. Nah, he was dressed like a fake clergyman, you know. And he was – that's why I say he was an off-duty Elvis impersonator. Okay. Well, they got the real they deal did. then, right? They got the they real got, They, I think they got married by a, an Elvis impersonator doing an Elvis impersonation. Okay, okay. So we got important distinction, by a, important distinction there. Important distinction. Uh, obviously, we opted for the much classier option, hmm. Rich. I mean, let's be honest. Is the Elvis impersonator no. faking that he's a member of the clergy? Yes. Yes. Correct. So anyway, the sacrilegious I, idea. <laughs> Absolutely. So at that chapel, when I was in the when I was in the lobby waiting for our turn, um, they have a video that plays on a loop of all of the celebrities that uh, they have. You've told the story before. You've told the story. But go ahead for new. We get listeners. lots of new listeners. So I said, I noticed you have this. You know, I, I happen to be famous myself. And the lady said, Oh, really? 
who are you? And I said, I'm Joe Lanza from the flagship podcast. And uh, she did not know who I was. Oh, and and TLB was extremely embarrassed at this exchange and uh, just putting her head down and like, why are you, why are you doing this? I wanted to get on that video. Okay. Next to all the other luminaries. So I don't remember who any of them were at this point, but uh, she wasn't buying it. She said uh, she didn't know who I was. She was trying to be polite. I told her to Google. She did not Google. And uh, that was the end of that. So I think that answers the question of whether if people knew who I was on the Vegas strip, if I could take attention away right. from the half naked women with the pasties. So well, who was the uh, lowest level celebrity? Cause I wonder, like, do you recall the celebrities here? What was the name of this place? We got no, we got time. I rep pro. Uh, we'll, we'll get the rep. I don't know the name of the place. Hold on. I got a picture I somewhere with the name of it. I don't fucking know. She handled it. You think <laughs> I had anything to do with booking it or setting it up or anything? Nothing. Um, I don't know the name of the place. It's going to take too long to dig up the name of the place, okay. but uh, maybe another time when I tell the story for a third yeah, time. Yeah, when you tell the story a third time, we'll, we'll figure out who the lowest level celebrity is and then decide if you are better or worse. Because we, we've done that in Cameo before. We've gone through Cameo. Because they said you were not uh, – correct me if I'm wrong. Cameo said that you were not a, a, a high enough level celebrity. Okay, no. Know. Here's what happened with Cameo. Oh, you wanted to charge too much, and they were like, you can't charge yes. too much. I signed up for Cameo. I linked them to the Twitter – we passed, we had enough followers and all that, but I wanted to charge a hundred dollars per cameo Got it. because I don't want to be doing $5 cameos every day. I have no interest in that. Now, a couple hundred dollar cameos a year where someone wants me to call their friend a dope and tell them to hit the bricks. I'll do a couple of those a year for a hundred bucks. I don't want to be doing $5 cameos every day of my life. It's not worth it. So I wanted to charge a hundred dollars. They were like, they didn't want me. They didn't think. I should be charging that much based on my level of fame or whatever. Right. And then they gave me a suggested price that I should be charging. And I was like, I'm not interested in that. And then they never got back to me. And this was way before Brian Alvarez and Sean Ross Sapp. This was years ago when Cameo was just starting to, you know, pick up steam. But, um, but when I looked at a lot of the YouTube celeb quote unquote celebrities and people that yeah, are on you're there, definitely, you're definitely, we're definitely famous enough by that, by those standards to be on there. Cause some of these people are just complete, you know, and I would check their Twitter and they would have like 5,000 followers and their YouTube would have like, you know, 10,000 followers or what, subscribers or whatever. But, um, the problem was they didn't want me to charge a hundred dollars and I didn't want to do them for like $5. I just have no interest in that. So, um, anyway, that's the uh, little church it, of the West is where you, uh, where you were. So, you know that church of the i looked it up oh um, how would you be one even i looked it up on our patreon because of course patreon content was you demanding that i put the video up and me saying yes please tell me your wife is okay with this like i'm not i, I forget how you finally let me know that like no she's she's fine you can you can go because i was like Joe, i, I no, really don't trust that you find this like yeah i think i needed a video i don't know what I, it was there was something i was like no you got to show me something that um um, yeah, she was right. Okay, I'm looking at the recent ones. Yeah, you're you're yeah, you're not nearly as popular as these people. Um, Jody Sweeten, a Full House. Oh, Full House. 2007. You're not anywhere near there. What is she doing now? Well, Come on, Fuller House. Um, Billy Piper and Chris Evans. Who's Billy Piper? I don't know who Billy Piper is. 
Chris Evans, like the movie actor, Chris I Evans? I think so, yeah. Oh, you know Billy Piper. Um, yeah, she was in... Yeah, she was in... I don't remember. Anyway, uh, well, she... uh, I, that, okay. On the flagship podcast? I don't think so. She was not. No, you're, you're right there. She should have a, the most success, yeah. one of the most successful uh, wrestling patrons. I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. Billy Bob Thornton and Angelina Jolie, I think you're just a couple rungs below them on the... Uh, yeah, yeah, all right. Okay. Robert Goulet, former WrestleMania guest. Robert Goulet. Isn't he dead? Uh, I believe he is dead, yeah. Well, he's, he's old. Well, he's, like, you act like Robert Goulet shouldn't be dead. He was. Don't they want people alive in their video? I mean... I guess. He, oh, he only died when he was 73. You know. Wow, he always looked a lot older than that. Oh, he was only 73. Okay. I think they should bump Goulet and get Lanza. On. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. I mean, no one knows. Yeah. He doesn't. How much cachet does Robert Goulet have in in 2022? You know, not. I don't think that much. Uh, Richard Gere and Cindy Crawford. I think you're. You know. See, TLB picked a classy joint. Yeah, this is this is. I gotta. I I gotta. I gotta admit, Judy Garland, your favorite actress of all time, got married there. Well, when in like 1960? <laughs> 1965. Jeez. Yeah. Why is she my favorite actress of all time? Oh, like, I have no love, affinity for Judy Garland. Nola Gallagher of Oasis got married there, 1977 oh, or 1997. See? Let me tell you, the photo package wasn't cheap either. And TLB made me pay for the most expensive one. There's, I, this I, is I, Lars Ulrich of Metallica. We're talking some Red Fox. So, oh, man. Yeah. And this goes back to 1943. So we're talking, yeah, this is, some, this is yeah. a classy yeah. place. Yeah. You mocked me. No, I, I really did. See, I'm, I apologize. Yeah. See the luminaries who were yeah, no, I Yeah, I thought, like, I didn't know we were talking Robert Goulet and, and Red Fox, but that's a Jody Sweet. Let me ask you a so. question, pal. Who <laughs> got married in your church? <laughs> the beach? Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Not Goulet. I could promise I you that. I don't think Robert Goulet ever, yeah. You're right. You're not yeah. wrong. You're not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah. So. Now, were there sirens going off in the background during the ceremony? <laughs> there were. It made for a light moment. It was a very adorable moment, yeah. as, as you guys both try not to laugh and then both laugh. So that, that, that was good. I like that. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, RevPro. Let's talk about RevPro. Epic Encounters 2022. Uh, this is up finally. It, it, it didn't take that long. It took them only a couple days uh, to get out on their on-demand service, RevPro. They're switching, though, to a new on-demand service. They're leaving Pivot Share, which I uh, admit I am not too sad about. Uh, so I don't know the exact specifics of it right now. I didn't really make much sense of it, but uh, I don't have to really make much sense of it for another two weeks, right, or two or three weeks or whatever when when things are officially going to move over to the new service. But uh, uh, this one was up. Uh, this is the show from last weekend. We previewed it uh, last on last week's show. We were excited to watch it, and I think it was ultimately a pretty good show. I, I, I think I wasn't I, – I, they've had better shows for sure, I think. Uh, there was a lot of stuff I did like on the show. There was a lot of stuff that I thought went a little too long or I didn't quite love. But I think ultimately I enjoyed this show. But what what did you make of Epic Encounters 2022? Um, I thought it was a good show with one very good match. And then a bunch of matches I, for the most part, enjoyed a lot. And one match that... I was enjoying, but then it went entirely too long and I decided I didn't like it, but um, I thought it was, they made the best of a bad situation with Will Ospreay with his, I believe, kidney infection. I yes, say. Yeah. We should, we should uh, note that. Yeah. The, the, the initial plan, obviously in the main event, I was going to be Ospreay versus Suzuki. Uh, but uh, a couple days before the event, yeah, he had a kidney infection or I forget the exact uh, thing, but he was not able to be on the show. So that kind of, you, know, you lose one half of your main event. You lose arguably your biggest star in Ref Pro. 
Uh, it's not easy, but they, I think they, yeah, they made the best of the, uh, of the situation. The card did not feel, you didn't feel disappointed by the end of the card. You didn't feel like you got ripped off because Osprey no. wasn't there, which is, is. Well, they put Oku in, which yeah. it was smart because he wrestled the opener against his tag partner um, and defended the Cruiserweight title and he beats Connor Mills. And then they put him in the main event and it was kind of, look, they didn't have a lot of options because it was a couple days out when they found out Osprey couldn't work. But Oku was a good choice because he's already a very sympathetic babyface to begin with. He has he has a good crowd connection and all those things. Plus, he wrestled the match earlier in the night. So he comes in as an extreme underdog, which is what you want against Suzuki. That's the dynamic that you're looking for. And you know that the, those Rev Pro fans are going to rally behind Oku because he's, he's a big favorite there. And that's the kind of charisma that he has and all those things. So I think they really made the best of that bad situation by putting Oku in that spot. And you know, Rich, I was thinking about this too. You know, Suzuki then cut the promo on Os- on Osprey in the post match. They sold this show out, right? Now they still have Suzuki and Osprey that they could do again later. It kind of all works out, right? Because now you have another. You still have that Suzuki Osprey main event that you can go to at another time now too. So, um, you know, so that's kind of like, you know, obviously. If, if they would have pulled something like that on purpose, that's a very dirty promotional scheme. But this was something completely out of their hands. So um, this was a crowd-pleasing match. They were into it. It drew a great house. And now you still have Suzuki Osprey that you can go to later. Uh, yeah, so... As far as matches that I really, really liked on the show, I, we, I guess we can we can go match by match if you want. We're, we're a little pressed for time, but I thought Aussie Open and Velocities was really, really damn good. Uh, I think I liked the first match between these two a little bit better, or the, the, the most recent one a little bit better. I will say the final, I don't know, eight minutes of this match were fucking nuts. Uh, I was a little disappointed. I guess, Joe, this is my question to you. Were you surprised that the fans didn't really seem to care about the Velocities at all? I thought the fans would have understood what this match was and, and, and the gravitas that this match carried and who the velocities were, but it really felt like they needed to kind of win this crowd over. And I, I was kind of shocked by that. I didn't think that was going to be the case. I thought the moment the bell rang, the crowd was going to be into this match, knowing what they were going to get, but it wasn't that case. There was a lot of fans that felt like they just had never seen the velocity or never heard of the velocities ever. Well, it would make sense. Um, sometimes it takes a while for, you know, a new act to get over. And to them, it is a new act, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, they won them over by the end. I mean, it was a great match, and people were going crazy for it. So maybe the next time they're there, that you know, fans will respond better to it, um, to them. But um, I didn't think it was quite as good as the match they had in Australia last year. Yeah, um, I did think it was a a very good match. I thought that the velocities and Jude London and Paris da Silva, um, they were a half second behind on a couple of key spots that bothered me, but this is real technical stuff that if you're sitting there having a beer, you wouldn't have noticed it, but um, a couple of pin breakups and, and spots that required great timing. They were a little bit off. Yeah. I there was one that, where I saw the ref was like, one, yeah. two, come on, get in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This guy hadn't jumped off top rope. Yeah. I know the exact spot that you're talking about. Um, you see the ref look up while he's doing a count. It's like, yeah, you would. Yeah, I thought the match last year for PWA Black Label was more of a PWG-style match. but And this one was more Aussie Open bullying these guys for the first half with the story being they're too small, they can never overcome the size. 
And then velocity is doing all of their crazy shit to kind of even out the size difference. And then, you know, the crazy closing stretch and then Aussie open end up winning anyway. But so they were different match structures. I thought they would do the Australian match in front of the new crowd. I really did. But I'll give them credit for doing something a little different. But what was similar about both matches is in the Australian match, Mark Davis was a fucking monster. He was a beast. He was flinging these little guys around. So in both matches, even though the matches told different kinds of stories, they still incorporated the size difference as a major part of the story of the match, which I appreciate. Yeah. Because a lot of times when you see bigger guys wrestle smaller guys, especially on the indies, they just take turns doing their shit to each other and they don't work that into the story. And a lot of times that bothers me, you know, and, 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 and it doesn't make for the best. Uh, it, it, it may make for good visuals, but it doesn't necessarily make for the kind of match you can sink your teeth into from a story perspective. But they did do that here. There was a clear story to this match, and it was Velocity's trying to overcome the size of these guys. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, like I said, the closing stretch, I think really, really delivered. Yeah. I, I, I think these guys have had better matches and, and they probably have a better one in there, but like I said, I did like the story. I think the build was, was smart of building up to that closing stretch and then just doing the crazy closing stretch at the end. But, uh, yeah, if they bring these guys back, uh, especially in the UK, the fans will know who Velocities are and they can get right into it, uh, with, with, you know, with that match. But, uh, uh, quickly, I'll just go over the rest of the card here. Just to be uh, clear, though, for me, easy notebook. I mean, last. Oh year's- no! Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We're. I'm. I'm judging it on like the is this last- in my match of the year yeah. list, and like I don't know that this one is. And la- I mean, yeah, the other ones were were. So yeah, it, last it- year it was my tag team match of the year, and it threatened my overall match of the year. That this match was not on that level, right? But it was still a great match, right? So and if you're judging it from match. that standpoint, yeah, that's that's a big, big, yeah. big difference. Quickly on the other stuff. Yeah, Oku and Connor Mills on the opener. Uh, I thought it was good. Uh, probably didn't yeah, even go 17 minutes, but I thought it was a really good, you know, kind of smart built match. It wasn't two guys that hated each other. It was two guys that respected each other to a point, Partners. but also wanted to prove that one was better than the other. So, yeah, it had a, a good bit of hatred, but also like a lot of kind of groundwork and a lot of like, which makes sense with these two guys aren't going to be punching and kicking the hell out of each other. They're going to more try to out wrestle their partner. And then, you know, ultimately Oku does get the win uh, and defeats Connor Mills, retain. Uh, the cruiserweight title, you know, he extends his hand and Mills kind of says, fuck you. Nope. <laughs> and then leaves. So uh, then real quickly, the Lycos gym and smoking aces versus Shota Umino, Sunshine Machine and Yota Suji. Uh, yeah, this was a wild multi-man tag. I, I, I liked it. I thought it was enjoyable. Yeah, there was a so, lot of stuff going on in this one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have like extensive notes about it because it was just like a lot of shit happening. But yeah, it was entertaining for 15 minutes for sure. Yeah. Um, it, uh, Ricky Knight Jr., uh, Aaron Hernare, um, again, like I think kind of a theme of this show. I don't know why it went 16 minutes, but I thought it was pretty good. They, they were very slow at the beginning, very slow to set it up as they're kind of doing like power spots and I'll challenge you to kick me in the back and I'll challenge you to chop me. But uh, once they got going, I thought it was pretty fun, but not, not, not anything to go out of your way to check out, but I thought pretty solid. They, this again, now we know why Cobb was pulled from this show. It wasn't the injury they made up. They needed him for Dynamite. Yeah. So... Um, that tells you how late in the game that the, that the Cobb and Ocon angle for dynamite came together because Cobb was, I, I'm not going to go look it up, but he was pulled from this show just a few days before and replaced by Hanare. So, and they made up an injury or something like that, but obviously that angle came together late for dynamite, but good replacement. 
and a guy that Ricky Knight Jr. can beat because Hanare is not going to be a regular here. Right, right, right. And he's aligned with Osprey, who Ricky Knight Jr. is eventually going to beat. Right, and they did or they you, did play the story up a little bit that Knight had to like use the tights to do it, so he kind of had to be a little bit of an asshole yeah. to get it done because uh, it was taking him too long to put this guy away. So it establishes a little bit of an edge of Ricky Knight, who's always kind of had that little bit of an edge to him. He's never been a clean-cut, you know. He's not a clean-cut face, <laughs> you know, and that's not him. Uh, so I, I like that little uh, wrinkle that they did there. Do you but. think he would have beat Cobb? I think he would have. I think they probably would have done some... Yeah, I think he probably would have. It may have been the same finish. He may have just rolled, you know, rolled up Cobb and held his tights, and that's how he won. And it's like, fuck, he, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think you're for bringing Cobb in, and you're having him face Ricky Knight Jr. You got to have Ricky Knight Jr. win that match. He's not a title holder or anything, so New Japan wouldn't be opposed to it. And right. the idea is Knight Ricky Knight Jr. was beating one of Cobb's one of Osprey's boys. Yeah, right, I mean, right. so they were able to tell the same story here. I think he may have beaten Cobb, which which is kind of crazy, but I, I think he may and it may have done it in similar in a similar way. Uh, Luke Jacobs and Robbie X. Luke Jacobs gets the win here. I, I liked a lot of this match, but I, I need Robbie X to do like seven less flips on every single one of his moves. He, he's he's just sitting there waiting for a guy to get into place and then do his flips. And it's like, I, I get it, dude. It's fine. But like, he's got to figure out a way to make those a little bit more um, believable. I, it's just like the other guy's just standing there while Robbie X sets up for whatever flippy do movie's gonna do and i yeah i don't I mean, want to be cornet here but it's like they're a little too flippy yeah a little too flippy you know he's an undercard guy who they use on all their shows and you know he's never going to get pushed or anything to me my takeaway was luke jacobs showed a lot of fire here luke jacobs and, looked great here yeah he, he he's a guy that i've never been super super impressed with but i think this was the most impressive i've, I've seen him so yeah the, the fire was impressive those are things that you know come with time but um you know, to me, he he really showed he showed some emotion and some fire that you don't always see from him. So to me, that was my big takeaway from it. Uh, this is a fun return that I don't think anybody saw coming. Gabriel Kidd uh, came back. He defeated Dan Maloney. Uh, Gabriel Kidd looked great. He always looks good. Dan Maloney is one of the guys we've put over a lot over the last year. Yeah, totally reinvented himself, totally reinvented his body, uh, put a lot of work in. I think these guys had a hell of a match, man. They just kicked the shit out of each other for a little bit. Uh, I'm glad Gabriel Kidd's back. Now, set up a support system and delete Twitter, and hopefully he can continue his wrestling career uh, and things can continue to go well. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Number one, delete fucking Twitter and never look at it ever again. Correct. Two, just have, you know, have some sort of support system in in, in place so you don't feel like you're, you know, on your own all the time or feel like you... you, you, Because he's he's a guy who, yeah, he seems to be prone to, you know, having these these issues or episodes or whatever. And, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's whatever, but... Being on social media is not helping any of that. So fucking delete Twitter. And uh, I'd imagine that a lot of those mental health episodes will be much, much, much reduced by not being on. Yeah. I know not, from, not, <laughs> from experience, I can tell you. Not the app for everyone. Nope. Not the app for anyone, honestly. Yeah. Really, uh, really. But yeah. Yeah. But they beat the shit out of each other. And it's just a lot of fun because they just beat the living shit out of yeah, each other. Yeah, the it's bell just, rang they, and they just threw lariats at each other and chopped each other and kicked each other. for. It's what you would expect from them. And kid's got kind of a new look. He like dyed his hair or like the outside of his hair white. Like he looks different. Um, he wrestled just as well as he did before. He went on his little sabbatical. And Dan Maloney is the goods. I mean, we always brag on him, you know, so he's he's excellent. Someone who I think is signable. But uh yeah, the match was definitely delivered. Uh and then uh I think this is the match you're referring to. If it is, it's the match I would refer to with the, the yeah. description that you put earlier. Uh, Rev Pro, you, undisputed women, British women's title match, Alex Windsor versus Kylie Ray. 
13 minutes in this match, I'm like, this is a good little match here. We got some good little stuff going. With different pacing. Yeah, it's got some good pacing. Kylie Ray looks great. Alex Windsor looked like, you know, real confident. I'm like, here we go. This is a fun, tight little match here. And then it went. And then it went. And then it went. And then it ended in 22 minutes and 54 seconds. Well, you know, after all these matches that are like go, 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 constant action, they get in there. Windsor's taking her down with side headlocks and really grinding her to the mat. We all know Kylie Ray can work. Um, so they were having a, a, a tight little match here. And then Kylie Ray goes outside the ring. She gets her little backpack and puts it on. And then it, the match gets all cutesy. And I'm like, I'm done with this. And then it just went on. I was for say, like then there was another minutes. 13 minutes in it. So that didn't help. At this whole backpack spot and all this, not, this BLP kind of fucking nonsense. I have no interest in that. And especially in a place like RevPro where it's just, we do wrestling. And people just beat each other up. And this is just American Indies bullshit. And it made me mad. And then from there, it just never, and then the match felt never ending right. after and like, the crowd, and, and the, you could hear it, feel it in the crowd too. The crowd was into this at the beginning. And then as it went on, we're just like very much ready for this to be over. Yeah. And it went way too long. The backpack spot completely lost me. Um, Kylie Ray just doesn't take it serious enough. I know that's part of her shtick. Smiley Kylie and all that. It's just, I don't know. She's a good wrestler. But, um, you know, that backpack spot really just completely lost me. And then the match went on far too long. And, yeah, I do wonder if that's maybe played a part in why that, 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 that the Aussie Open Velocities took a little while to get going or get the crowd going. Or they just weren't familiar with the Velocities, whatever. But, yeah, then that match happened. And then the main event, Minoru Suzuki uh, versus Oku. Again, making the best of, 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 of a pretty tough situation. Um, Oku loses. Minoru Suzuki wins. Uh, 19 minutes, 53 seconds. Anything uh, you wanted to touch on that one quickly before we uh, get out of here? No, they this is they they did the exact kind of match that these two should have done. Yeah. Suzuki bullying him, and then Oku going after the knee. And he weakened his knee to give him a glimmer of hope. And Suzuki was unable to do, like he did that one great spot where he went to go off the ropes for that kick that he does, but his knee gave out on him and he couldn't complete the spot. And that was giving Oku a, a flicker of hope. So they could have just done the Minoru Suzuki indie special where he takes on the local indie guy and has the same nine-minute match that right. he has. Makes, fun, makes funny faces and yeah. And it would have gotten over just the same. And he's over like a motherfucker here because he's always been a big star for RevPro. And, um, but, but they put more effort into it than that. And then he cut the promo on Osprey, so they still have that match in their back pocket. So un- the unfortunate, you know, losing, you know, you lose Will Osprey before this huge show, but... They put the right guy in the main event because, you know, I think the crowd understood that it was a couple days out. What can you do? And they got someone who they genuinely like in the main event to take the spot. And then they worked hard. And now you still have that match that you can do down the line, which very clearly they're going to based on Suzuki's promo. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was RevPro, Epic Encounters. Again, it is available on their on-demand service. It'll be available uh, uh, on that service uh, for a bit. Then they're switching over to a newer service uh, pretty soon as well. So we'll... Uh, we'll... See how that is on the Ref Pro next show, but uh, yeah, ultimately I, I I'm I'm still gonna check with Ref Pro. I'm still gonna like it. I mean, it's, it's I, I never watch one of their shows and come away completely disappointed. Like every time I watch Ref Pro, I'm like, yeah, that was well worth my three hours. That was well worth my four hours. So uh, we're gonna continue covering them on the show because they uh, they have definitely earned it. I, I like a lot of what they're doing, I like their build. I like a lot of stuff about Ref Pro right now. So there you go. So that is it for us again. Immediately following Double or Nothing this Sunday. 
flagshippatreon.com, $10 tier. We are going live with Instant Reaction Live, reviewing Double or Nothing, so make sure you're on there right now, flagshippatreon.com. Uh, and then again, Voices Wrestling for all the previews, reviews, columns, all that other good stuff. Voiceswrestling.com slash Discord if you want to join the conversation, and make sure you, of course, subscribe to all the podcasts on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. You either subscribe to the Voice Wrestling Podcast feed uh, or subscribe to the individual feeds as well. Plenty of shows covering all the topics of pro wrestling. I find that Voice Wrestling podcast network so for joe lanza i'm rich Krejci. we'll talk to you next time on the flagship podcast take care